I mean, dude, put Moto Limited show on my graphics and let's freaking have a good time. As he brings it to me, he goes, this will be shit house. A town of newlyweds and nearly deads. <laughs> Any athlete will tell you what you have to sacrifice to win a race cup. And here's what America's hoped for all year long. I'm leading us to greatness. This is the center stage of Moto Podcasts. Welcome to the Moto Limited Show, presented by Ruse Systems, street race solutions and backyard designs. Live from Brisbane, Australia, here are your hosts, Trent Marr and Nick Still. Show 32 is live. Welcome to the Moto Limited Show presented by Rue Systems Street Race Solutions and Backyard Designs. Nick, what is up? Another big, big show, dude. This one's uh, This one's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. I'm... I'm pretty pumped too. We're uh, we're here in here again by ourselves on our lonesome. We're all alone. There's no one beside me. But uh, no, so this is a big one. We've got a lot to get into this week uh, for sure. But uh, mate, what day is it? Mate, it is Monday. It is 6 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. We are live on Facebook. Massive thanks to all our sponsors, Roo Systems, Street Race Solutions, Backyard Designs, National Lunar, KTR, TCX Boots, Queensland Bike and 4 Drive, and... Pro Powder Powder Coating. We are live on the Moto Limited Show Facebook, so join in the conversation in the comments below. If you are listening live, the archive will be available as always on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can rewatch this on YouTube as well. Just search the Moto Limited Show. No co-host this week, Nick, which is, uh, we've got some big shows coming up. We've uh, been hard at work this last week trying to get our uh, couple of shows in advance lined up. So no co-host this week, but our guest tonight the first guest is this is a dream come true for my this my is, friend on the left cool. here. this is the the conversations i've had like in this <laughs> past seven days dude like i never thought i'd be you know sitting on the couch getting ready to watch supercross and i'm having a conversation with these guys and gave it some hot tips and dude his hot tips worked out so uh the monster energy pro circuit kawasaki rider austin faulkner his mechanic ollie stone he will be joining us live, 100% live. From Corona, California. From Corona, California. So this is big for us. We're, we're waking him out of bed. I literally sent him a message three minutes ago. I was like, hey, dude, you, uh, are you up and ready? He's like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm good to go. So We're stoked. So we're stoked for him to give us a time, especially, again, it's it's midnight, one o'clock in the morning for them. So he's, uh, yeah, he's stoked to be a part of it. So we'll have him on. We'll also later on... Um, we'll be talking 250 I'll be 250 Supercross with him also if he's got the time uh, joining us later on as well we're going to have Alex Gobert from Moto Online uh, he's got uh, one of the most reputable online websites when it comes to anything moto related here in Australia as well as the stuff from the US so we're pretty stoked to have him on get his insight in the racing we're going to talk 450s with him uh, and hopefully some um, Pro MX stuff coming up as well uh, with the season kicking off here in about a month or so time and then we're finishing it off Nick with a pre-recorded interview we did last week with Sean Brennan from Feld he is the public relations manager for motorsports for Feld Entertainment 
We did a Zoom call with him. He is an awesome guy. He's basically the guy that has got us involved with these Supercross press conferences. Yeah. So, but just a just a real just down to earth guy. Yeah. I think and and like literally from the second we got in this call together we were just jamming about this that and everything yeah. and then I like halfway through like 10-15 minutes in we're like yeah we should probably start recording some of this <laughs> yeah. but yeah. dude just a great guy yeah he was awesome I'm, I'm pumped and it, for his involvement for what he does with Feld Motorsports and where he sees it going and for them to do what they've done mm. with this pandemic and to turn this around dude a lot of insight in that conversation as well. A lot of things, that, behind the scenes stuff that he uh, he could elaborate on. So he's uh, coming coming on as well. Well, he'll be, he said his was pre-recorded. So we got a big show. All of these guests coming on. I don't know how we're going to fit this into our time slot that we were trying to work to. Nick, this is going to be another long show. We've got a bit of a run sheet, but. We're trying it's going to gonna go in the bin very soon. We're, try, we're trying to stick to it. But again, our show cannot be possible without our sensational sponsors. And as always, we've got to make sure we give them the promotion that they deserve. Roo Systems, roosystems.com.au or call 1-300-305-709. Roo Systems pioneered the diesel performance world in Australia with Roo Systems chips and exhaust upgrades. Now with new vehicle technology, Roo Systems can ECU flash tune your vehicle's computer to optimize the performance and fuel efficiency for more Exceptionable drivability. Roo Systems has Australia's largest dealer network with over 55 plus performance workshops, making Roo Systems the most reputable electronic diesel performance tuning business in Australia today. Roo Systems has tried and tested our remaps in Australia's harshest environmental conditions. This allows Roo Systems to offer the class leading warranty and total satisfaction. Man, again, Roo Systems. My tune didn't get done last week. What's going on? <laughs> I, it's more of a timing thing with myself, but once I get this done... Are you the one, are you the one holding the team now? Mate, I work every day. I want to go fast, fast. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll make it happen. It's going to happen soon. Uh, Backyard Designs, Nick. Backyarddesignaus.com. For the first time ever, you can design your custom graphics on almost any year. Make a model of off-road and dual sport motorcycles from your very own computer or mobile device. Backyard Design has over 200 motocross bikes to choose from in their configurator. The new website offers endless possibilities of colors, gradients, and patterns. You can customize your graphics with your name and number. Choose your favorite logo from over 2,000 different sponsor logos in their database and place them wherever you want on your new custom graphics kit. Now it is easier than ever to create your own motocross graphics with endless possibilities. Backyard Designs makes you the designer with their all-new configurator. You can design your own dirt bike graphics yourself without having to go back and forth with designers and proofs. Who uses Backyard Design? Worldwide worldwide sorry team riders such as Josh Hansen Ryan Villapoto Tyler Bowers and Tommy Searle Backyard Designs is located in Inkabulcha though I'm pretty sure it gets printed internationally is that right? Yeah I think if you order on the website now it comes out of Germany from what I've been Ooh, told wee. but it doesn't affect the 14 day turnaround the 14 day turnaround which is freaking awesome getting it from the other side exactly. of the world exactly so you, what you want to do is go www.backyarddesignsaus.com go into the configurator make your bike look cool make it look like trends we haven't seen anything yet um, uh, jab, jab. Uh, 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 What's going on, mate? It actually is in the shed. It is actually finished and ready to be ridden. And I was like waiting for... Are we riding this year? This, Mate, potentially this weekend would be nice. 
Yeah, I'm tr- I really want to go to Conondale this weekend because there's a Conondale, uh, Conondale practice app there. Saturday? It's Saturday and Sunday. So Could I'm really trying to go up there, but... Could be on. It's Literally, it's day by day with us. You know what that's like. So what you want to do is yeah, go in there, go to the configurator. Once you've created the, created the bike, you've had a look, you've double-checked it, go to the checkout, type in Moto Limited, all in capitals, and that will give you 15% off and save you some money. Yeah, and they are top-notch graphics. Yes, they are. Just like our beautiful helmet here on the desk. That's it. That is it. And Street Race Solutions, Nick, these guys are up and running. I've seen it. They've, we uh, linked their Facebook page on our Facebook page this week. But the guys at Street Race Solutions, man. Oh, dude, incredible. Like, this weekend just gone, it was the, the Queensland Matsuri, I think it was, at Queensland Raceway there. And I've seen a heap of posts come up. All the boys had their cars down there. Most of them have come out of, one of either one of Stu's shops or sheds and these things are incredible so hit them guys up anything performance just your normal car race car drift car anything anything with four wheels uh, I'm pretty sure it's chill know something about it hit them up and let them know that the guys from Motor Limited tenure. that's right they are the new performance workshop in Tawarma they'll turn out some awesome street cars anything from the Nissan GTRs to the SNR chassis cars as well they're all things performance and they are in Toowoomba as I said there's a uh, link to their Facebook page on our page so go and have a look at what they've done they've got some pictures coming up and sh- surely more content to come Nick that sponsor was much easier this re- week as I have a voice box back and I can sound so I wonder I wonder how it all sounds with me actually I think you, you sound pretty good. I sound better this week. I feel did like they, did they like it last week when I was? Hey, I don't know. Last week was a pretty big show, dude. There's <laughs> a lot of a lot of love for last week, but um, it feels like we actually want to be here this week. <laughs> so that's a good start. Let's let's just go to the comments real quick. So, Warwick Halligan, any of you blokes after a good laugh, have a geezer a race last Insta post last Insta post now the last insta post on a race thing have you seen it trent no it is a race standing around his motor and there is no bottom end in the motor yeah yeah. now for people like me and you that makes us nervous yeah it does (laughs) there is a reason for that we will get to that later on down the track but that makes us very nervous yeah Um, happy touch got cancelled tonight so we can watch live from mlo williams awesome to have you here jump in the comments everybody throw some throw some laughs around give us some predictions uh yeah Go hard. Go hard. We've got uh, we've got some announcements coming up too later on in the show, so make sure you stick around later in the show. So we've got lots of Hashtag content. Was Nation. Hash, hashtag <laughs> Was Nation. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up, so make sure you stick around. Uh, but we will probably have to jump to our first commercial break. I know it's early in the show, guys, and we apologize for that. But again, we've got to get our guest on the phone. We've got to get him on nice and early because he is donating his time in the middle of the night. Uh, so we're going to go to a quick ad break. We'll be back with Ollie Stone. Soon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> top rate production here, man. <laughs> Mouse failure. Mouse failure. It's a low rate production. Uh, we'll be back. Nick Roos Systems. Roosystems.com.au or call 1300 305 709. Our new sponsor here on the Moto Limited show. What do Roos Systems do, you ask? They pioneer the diesel performance world within Australia and uh, with Roos Systems chips and exhaust upgrades. Now with new vehicle technology, Roos Systems can ECU flash tune your vehicle's computer to optimize the performance and fuel efficiency for more exceptional drivability. The team at Roos Systems with 
with years of experience, are at the forefront of research and development in the ECU tuning within Australia. Provide safe, reliable remaps while maximising your vehicle's performance. Very good. Roo System has Australia's largest dealer network with over 55 plus performance workshops making Roo Systems the most reputable electronic diesel performance tuning business in Australia today. Roo Systems has tried and tested our remaps in Australia's harshest environmental conditions. This allows Roo Systems to offer the class leading warranty and total satisfaction. So where do we go if we need that ute van or uh, bus? Resystems.com.au Get you tuned today and you will be not disappointed. Ooh-wee. Nick, another new sponsor here on the Moto Limited show is Backyard Design. Backyarddesignaus.com For the first time ever, you can design your graphics on almost every year make and model of off-road and dual-sport motorcycles uh, with your very own computer or mobile device. Backyard Designs have over 200 motocross bikes to choose from in their configurator. They're all new websites offers endless possibilities of colors, patterns, and gradients. You can customize your own graphics with your name and number and choose your favorite logo of over 2,000 different sponsor logos and place them wherever you want on your kit. Uh, Now, even easier to create your own motocross graphics with endless possibilities. Backyard Designs make you the designer, Nick. Uh, With their all-new configurator, you can design your very own custom graphics and uh, without having to go backwards and forwards with designers and proofs. Another cool feature with with their new online design configurator is that we now have fully functional mobile version of the website. So you can design your graphics on the go no matter where you are. And who uses these awesome graphics, Nick? Dude, we have worldwide team riders such as Josh Hansen, Ryan Villapoto, Tyler Bowers, and Tommy Searle. Dude, that's some heavy hitters. Oh, unreal. So what you guys want to do is go to www.backyarddesignsaus.com, design everything that you want to get done, check out any last-minute essentials you want to go. Then when you go to purchase, type in Moto Limited in capitals and you should receive something within 14 days. You get your graphics and you get a 15% discount on those graphics also. So get yourself over there, get yourself the number one graphics that is in the world at the moment and you will not be disappointed. No we. Another new sponsor here on the Moto Limited show for 2021 is Street Race Solutions. Nick, what are Street Race Solutions all about? Dude, performance game for anything with four wheels on it pretty much. These guys are incredible what they can do. Man, I've seen some of the work that these guys put out. They do anything from Nissan GTRs, S and R chassis cars. They are all things performance and high-end workshop tuning. You've seen some of their work, Nick. Dude, some of these cars are incredible. Like, the numbers they're making, the dyno, it's just... It's, it's mind-blowing. Like, these things will beat your Toyota Hiace. <laughs> That's not hard to do, to be honest. <laughs> but anyway, get up and see the guys at Street Race Solutions up on the hill there in Toowoomba. If you want any sort of high-performance car built, don't go past these guys. They are the best in the business. Go up there and see Stu and tell them the guys from Moto Limited sent you. 100%. Let's go. Alrighty, guys, we are back. Joining us on the phone all the way from Corona, California, here's the race mechanic for the number 38 Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki rider, Austin Faulkner. It's Mr. Ollie Stone. Ollie, welcome to the Moto Limited Show. Good morning, or good afternoon, good evening where you are. Good morning, where I am. So, uh, yeah, it's good to be on the show. It's a bit of a, uh, yeah, a bit of a time nightmare. What? Uh, hit you guys up at a reasonable time, but it is what it is. Yeah, what what time actually is it there? 
It's uh twelve seventeen, so like early hours of Monday morning. Well, like we've already been through so we've already been through Monday, mate. So you got a cracking day coming up. There's, no, there's nothing you need. There's nothing <laughs> yeah, you need to know I'm, about. I'm, I'm lacking. I'm lacking far behind here. Yeah, yeah. there's there's so no nothing Monday, nothing really Monday. big happens. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, no, so I just got to catch up with you guys. Yeah, that's it. Now we we appreciate you being on the show, mate. Like it, it, again, it's a it's a bit of a, a dream for for Nick sitting next to me here. He's a he's a big monster PC guy. So he's uh, this has been something that he's been amped about since you started messaging him uh, uh, a couple of days ago, actually after the uh, Brad West interview. And yeah, he's he's like being a little kid in a candy store. Sitting uh, next dude, to I remember ringing you. I was so pumped. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger fanboy. No, well, that's cool. And then hopefully, like, I'm the first of many, if you know what I mean, because yeah. it's quite easy to get older people and stuff, and it's kind of a small world, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. hopefully I can get the ball rolling and you can listen to some more guys or riders or mechanics or crew or whatever in the future. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to get Mr. Justin Shanty. I'd actually really like to do a show with with you and Justin and, like, make it a good a good show. Even, like, a Zoom, even a Zoom call, I think, would be so cool. <laughs> That, that 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 one might need to be pre-recorded. To be honest, we might have some stuff we might have to beep out or stuff we couldn't really talk about on air. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> those, we, but yeah. Or even if you ever make it over here, we could do something like that too. That I think that one would be good. Well, that that is a plan for us. Once we are allowed to travel again, we are definitely making a trip over, especially now with you know the people like yourself that we're meeting. Uh, we like we want to meet you guys face to face, and uh, it's funny. Like I've got photos of myself standing next to Ollie, and I was. <laughs> Dude, I actually, I sent him one of me and Justin sitting next together. I was just like, dude, this is how much of a fan I am. <laughs> like, that's sweet. I know when I asked you that, and I was like, did we have we crossed paths before, Steph? And you were like, hell yeah, I've been at the races. And there was a, you sent me a picture of you and Shanty in the Fatsy Cowie rig, and I was like, oh yeah, so yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people come through the rig or the shop or stuff like that, but like. It's good to actually see that, you know. So you guys are super fans at the end of the day. Oh, dude, yeah. we could we could start some serious conversation about a pro circuit fanboy, but we don't need to go there. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet, but like at the end of the day, I, I am too. You know what I mean? So yeah. I've been there. I've been here nine years now, but ten years ago or twelve years ago, I was exactly the same. My super fan, you know what I mean? And just would do anything to be a pro circuit or Cowie or, or anything like that in general. So yeah, like we're, we're all the same. The internet. Awesome. So let's let's go back a few years now. Obviously, I first heard of you when you were with JMKDM working for Jake Nichols. So from then, can you tell yep. us how the transition come? How did you go from being over there in the MXGP to now being under Mitch's wing? I mean, it it kind of happened pretty fast, to be honest. So it was I did MXGP from oh, Jake was my last year in 2012. Uh, the Jack and Mike's KTM team, we had factory bikes and that kind of stuff. And it was kind of like the donations was at Lommel in Belgium, and I lived in Lommel. And Mitch was at the donations with Baggett, I think it was. He was on the American team. Yep. And it kind of, kind of came about that we had a me and Mitch had a mutual friend who was an English guy, and he used to drive Mitch when he came over, and he used to drive the semi for Honda back in Europe. So, so we had a mutual friend and then I heard 
because they had a uh, French accounting coach at Young Primo, who used to work for Marvin back at KTM in Europe. Yep, too. Right. So it was like PC needed a couple mechanics for the following season, for the 13th season. So they had a couple guys, a few guys leave actually, and they needed two guys. And I was like, oh, I'd always like send resumes and stuff and CVs to Mitch, hoping that you'd get an opportunity. I know that's a long shot. To so have. like it was a, a goal. Europe, it was a goal. It was a goal for you from early days oh. to go work for Mitch. Forever. Dude, I mean, forever ever cool. and ever and ever. Like, since I was like 12 years old or something, getting a Racer X, and there was a picture of Ricky's number 70 front circuit. I think it was Spitfire at the Dude, time. That, Spitfire that is cool. Kids, uh, and you're like, oh, that's the sickest bike ever and stuff like that. So, I was getting that Racer X when I was a kid, and it was always like, Dude, I want to be a mechanic, one. And two, I want to be a mechanic on that bike. Yeah. So, like, I think I sent Mitch CVs for like six or seven years. Like every year being a mechanic in the MXGP, I was sent him something. Yeah. And like, you got a dream, right? You, you, if you got a dream and you just got to shoot for the stars pretty much. So it was kind of like, I didn't apply for a job that year, but my friend, I said to my friend, hey, I think I hear PC need two guys. And he was like, oh, I'll find out. So he spoke to, uh, I, think, I don't know if he spoke to Mitch, but he spoke to Zach White, who's our team manager, crew chief, engine guy. Like, he, he wears a lot of hats, pro circuit, he's great gnarly. And uh, my buddy came back to me on like Sunday night or something like that and was like, hey, uh, I told Zach that you were looking for a job and they do need a couple of mechanics. And he goes, I just told him about you. I didn't really lie. I just said you were a good mechanic, hard worker. and he said here's his email just pass on a resume and then it was kind of like two weeks later and I got a call on my European line I think when I was living in Belgium and it was like a, an American number that came up Corona California underneath it and I'm like holy shit oh, this dude. is either a wind up <laughs> this is all my this is either a wind up or this is what maybe I think it is and I literally answered the phone and it was like hello and uh, it, it's like, hey, is this Ollie? This is Mitch Payton from Pro Circuit. And then my just my butt, just, my ass, I just fell out pretty much. Like, <laughs> Holy shit. Is this for real? Like even on my own in another country, I didn't speak the language, and I was just like screaming, like screaming, like Holy shit, no way! Oh, dude, that and is. And it was pretty much naughty. It was like, it, yeah, I mean, it's surreal, and it's kind of a naughty story. And it was like, uh, I hear, I need a mechanic. I hear you're the guy. When can you be at? When can you be in California? And I was like, this is like Thursday. And I was like, uh, oh, I think it's Wednesday. And I was like, uh, I'll see you on Friday morning. He was like, oh, okay. Holy <laughs> wow! And like, it was kind of gnarly because it, like, excuse me, I kind of did a bit of a dirt, you know, Jake and Jackie and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, sorry, I'm just gonna go. So I just literally packed up my van, drove to Heathrow in London threw the keys at my dad and was like hey I'm going to America I'll see what happens and literally two days later I was in California dude that is that's sick that that story is like a success like even a success story so you've obviously had that dream since you were so young and to do that like dude that is amazing yeah I mean it's not often that you can block everything and disappear and it's kind of not called what I did mm. to Jackie and Jake and stuff like that but shit yeah you got uh, it my plan yeah. was if it didn't work out I could have just sit back and continued and no one would even know about it you know or like if I would have said no I think I would have been kicking myself for the rest of my life yeah so yeah 
they're, they're cool about it now and stuff, and I could have handled it a little better. But, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those, you know what I mean? I, I owned it, and then I apologize for the way it worked out, but it worked out for them too, and it worked out for me. So, like, yeah. it's water under the bridge now, if you know what I'm saying. So, how long after that first trip? So, obviously, you got to you got to Los Angeles there on, on Friday morning. How long were you there for? Like, obviously, you would have drove straight to the workshop and seen Mitch. What happened oh, from there? Uh, it was kind of like I was in his office. Uh, he was pretty impressed that I made it there so fast. And he was like, listen, <laughs> I, I wanted to work on this ever. So, like, there wasn't nothing stopping me getting there. So, uh, I pretty much got there and I was like, hey, give me two weeks. I said, if you're not what I want in two weeks, just send me home. And there's no harm or foul. I've given it a shot. And then the opportunity arose. If it worked out, it worked out. If it didn't, it didn't. And so I was just, it was literally, I spoke to him for like 45 minutes. And he was like, all right, go in there to find your work base, start work. And it was literally 10.30 on a Friday. And I was working. It, it was like surreal. Like one of the first jobs I was doing that. I was with Paul Parabinoff who won a championship with Dean Wilson yep. like the year before or whatever and he was putting an engine together and he was like, all right, well, this is how we build an engine project. So literally that afternoon I was like helping him. He was showing me how to assemble a project at Rayton. Oh, dude, so that's so it, cool. it was kind of like straight into the deep end and then, and then it was just like, all right, I started learning, meeting all the guys and stuff like that. Like definitely a fish out of water because it was something completely that I didn't expect or wasn't expected yeah yeah and, and then it, it just went on oh shit i need to find a place to stay so i ended up renting a room and sleeping on someone's couch and then i had to get a rental car and just like oh shit i just gotta ride out two weeks and then three weeks or whatever and then see what happens so i got to that point and then mitch called me in his office and was like hey everyone loves you i like you we're impressed he goes so there's a contract if you can get a visa there's a job please <laughs> so that was one box. That was one hurdle, you know what I mean? One box kicked. I got a job for a circuit, and I'm like, shit, I got a terrible when I was back in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and then, then I'm like, you know what I mean? So I was like, shit. So it's good and bad, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw in everyone, and everyone's going to hate me. But then I'm like, shit, now I've got to get a visa. Yeah. So, like, and that's the biggest thing uh, of employment in America is to get a visa from, like, an unknown kid from England. Yeah. So... No. That took a time, and obviously that was. Uh, there's been people, there's been some Aussies that come through the shop, like even um, Craig Beal, who's Ben Townley's guy. He's still here, and he got a visa for Turkey. And there was a French guy, a South African guy, and stuff. And they were like, "Hey, you need to use this lawyer and go through this company, and they'll get a visa, pay your visa, no problem." Yeah. So then that was like the next three months was to try and get paperwork so I could stay legally yeah yeah no that's man that's insane like just again like people can can relate to that story and it's just cool like you, you chase your dream and and ended up there and i mean you you couldn't explain that that feeling of you just like staying next to paul perinos and just pulling you know putting an engine together you like you haven't even had time to process any of this happening it's just like within the space not, of a few days not really Nah. Not really. And in the way it worked out, like, there's only a certain amount of people I could turn to in the beginning. And then I remember calling my dad before he went down and I said, hey, what do I do? He was like, yeah. what are you even thinking about? What are you even considering it? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And he was like, just go and see what they got to say and just see what happens. And it, it, he was, it, it was, it was good that he said that because without him saying that, I wanted people, sometimes I go, 
jump in feet first, like think about the consequences. Yeah. And my man was just like, just you just gotta go. You're not gonna lose. So yeah. he he said that, and it was probably the best decision or the best word of advice he ever gave me in my life. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I'm like, right, it's twelve thirty at night, whatever, and I'm sat here, but I'm sat in my own home. I came over just one OJ day and stuff. Hmm. And then once I was here, I got my um, dad to ship me all my tools. <laughs> and then that was it. So I kind of started with nothing. So now, now I own a home, I got a truck and like yeah. a girlfriend and I'm settled and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, it's scary to think maybe if I didn't do it where I would be, yeah. but there's yeah. no way that I would want to be even where I am right now with the, where the results have turned out or, or whatever. But I've made my path and I'm pretty happy with how it's and how it's going, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, okay, let's cruise on a little bit more from that. When did the first win happen? Do you remember the first win as a mechanic? Yeah, and that, I was telling you the other night when we we were talking away, I think I was telling you, well, I said to someone else that, so my, so I got the job in the 12, it was like October 2012. So then I had the rookie in 2013, which was Justin Hill. So like it's normally the way it works at Pro Circuit. You got at least my experience, and then you get the the new guy. But like Justin Hill had some talent, and he later became a champion, like a Supercross. Yeah, the kid's pretty pretty skillful. Yeah. So I was learning Pro Circuit, and I was learning in America, like traveling, all the flying, and all that kind of stuff. And then he got hurt. So then we got a filling guy, Bowers, that year, who actually I later came to work for. And we got on real good and stuff. And then it was Vegas that year. It was Marvin and Will Harmel going for the championship. And then there's this wild card, the sitting guy, Bowers. And it was gnarly. So we won Vegas. We won Vegas too, but he led from like start to finish that year in Vegas. That was Vegas. That was May 2013. And the coolest thing about that race was that was my first race win in Supercross. So we did that in my rookie year. (laughs) It was my birthday. And my mum and dad came to Vegas to watch the rest. That's so it. I was like, holy shit, this is like this is like the best day of my life. I want to watch a supercross race. You can't so write this. Nine years old. Yeah. On my birthday and my mum and dad were there and I was like, Wow, this is, doesn't get much better than than this, you know. So I was pretty pumped and they were so happy to see me happy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And to see the setup and the success. they were like, Oh, no wonder you wanted to come to there and they were like, No wonder you wanted to come to America because I visited in, in 2005. I come to NXGP at Glen Helen and stuff like that. There's a mechanic in the past, and you was like, "Oh, I want to stay here and I want to experience it." So they they saw they were there for my first win, and like they see the setup and the show and the opening ceremonies, and they were like, oh, yeah, now we we understand why this is why you wanted to be here." Yeah. So that was cool too. Absolutely. So further on down the track, 2015, you were the mechanic for Tyler Bowers. Now, I heard a story from someone only recently. Yeah. Anaheim 2, 2015, yeah. Tyler Bowers gets passed by Cooper Webb on the last lap, I think it was. Uh, and you were a okay. little bit upset. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you hear this story? I, I, can't, blow, I can't blow anybody out. All right, you're not going to disclose you. You're not going to disclose your resources. Okay. <laughs> I just got uh, told not, it is fine. I've got to be honest, and Tyler, Tyler will probably, I mean, he's cool, and we're going real good. So, like, he was, he will probably, he might have even told you this, whatever. Yeah, I kind of lost my shit a little bit <laughs> at the podium. Oh, dude. Because I'm as passionate, like, we put so much in, you know, every day of the track, pushing him. Like, we're not just mechanics, we're like, 
motivators. We're like mentors. We're just like yeah. when they're writing shit, we can help them. And just like you, I put in just as much as what Tyler did, or oh, I put yeah. in just as much as what Austin does. You know yeah. what I mean? So like you're part of it. And then when they do good, you do good. It's all right. We we were in this like he won races before, so he he was a guy, and we were there to wear a championship. Yeah, and he led most of the race. And I remember Cooper put him off the track before the triple on the last lap. Yeah. That doesn't so sound like Cooper. <laughs> because also, if we would have won that race, we would have taken a championship lead. We would have had a red plate. Oh. And at that point, I'd never had a red plate before. So I was like, I can't remember the words that I said, but I was like, and I was like are you kidding me? You let him pay for our last lap? Like, I was pretty pissed. And I like, told him how it was. <laughs> On the, like, he's happy, he's got a podium and all that, and the media guys around there and stuff like that, and it was like, hey, good job. And I'm like, good job, are you kidding me? Like, I pretty much told him how it was. And then I just started the bike up and rode off. I didn't even watch him on the podium or anything like that. You just wanted to get some pizza on Monday mornings and your, the pizza party was taken from yeah, in the last exactly. lap. exactly. I just wanted like, oh, I know. I was so frustrated. Especially when you win it all, lead, lead the whole race and you lose it. It was like three corners to go or whatever. Oh, so, I, yeah, I kind of told him that it was. And then, and then it was the next day because I was just fired up. I didn't even talk to him after the race. I didn't even watch him <laughs> on the podium. I just put the bike in and went back to the seminar. And literally, if I should have, I was almost just going to drive home. Oh. I was like that mad. Oh, no. And then I felt bad. And then my girlfriend was like, hey, you should probably call. On Sunday, she was like, you should probably call him and apologize. And I was like, I know, I feel bad now. And I called him and he was like, you know what? You're right. Everything he said, you were right. Yeah. So he was real humble. Like, he was like, hey, I'm sorry I should have won or whatever. And I'm like, it's only the competitive nature in me yeah. that wants to yep. no, I can do, understand do that. better or just win. And then, like, I'd rather win than finish second, right? And like, something Jet Lawrence tweeted last year that when he crashed at Anaheim or whatever and he broke his collarbone, he was like, oh, I should have. I should have just settled for second, uh, but he, then he was like, "I never settled." Yeah, yeah, I just went and I'm for kind it. Of yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I can uh, understand that. That's cool. Uh, that's a good story too, because yeah, I, I was a bit. Of an, yeah, I said some things to him I shouldn't have, but then yeah, the next day he was like, "No, nah, you're you're like." Yeah. <laughs> totally good guy. That season might have turned out, but if he would have won, hey, that season might have turned out different. You know, yeah, yeah. we didn't win the championship that year or whatever. But yeah. 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 No, that's it. Oh, that's it cool. What, what about one thing we, we can't have you on the phone without obviously talking about your ride you have now of Austin Faulkner. How, how is it working with Austin? I mean, he's injured at the moment, which sucks. Uh, he's not in this championship, but I think he's a guy that people kind of misjudge and, and jump on the, the, you know, the negative of things with him, but you work with him day in, day out. You, you have, you would know the kid better than anybody. And that's I, and that's very much a misjudge. Yes, does he come across as cocky or entitled? He he does because I sometimes look at social media and I'm like, oh, yeah. like people do misinterpret him. But I mean, he he's an honest kid. He was brought up really well, and he's actually really humble. And and I never see anything that that people say that he does, you know? Yeah. Um, I think I've been with him as a mechanic since obviously 2015 because back when the Bowers scene and Bowers got hurt and he didn't ride motocross and then I ended up doing some amateur stuff with Austin and helping him out that summer because Mitch wanted to sign him. So I've been, what, 15, like six years now I've been with Austin and I'm still a fan because 
talent more talent wise, I don't. I've never worked with anyone with as much talent as what he's got. Yeah, and like he's had some injuries and or a lot of injuries. And but again, it's like like I told him back in Utah last year. It's either like we get rich or we die trying. Yeah, and that's the way I roll with. So we go in trying to win, or if we can't win, we, we end up crashing out. But yeah, high determination. You, you never anything like it like I used to joke with the boys at shop like I've seen him crash and he's broken a brake lever off the clutch lever the handlebars are twisted and he's still wide open and his lap yeah. times are the same and, and you don't you wouldn't even know there's a problem with the bike like I always joke and I say hey if I, if the front wheel fell out of the, of the bike he'd still try and ride it yeah <laughs> yeah no that's cool and that's what I said like, like, it's pretty it's pretty nice yeah, yeah he tries hard and that's you know that's the one thing you cannot take away from Austin is he is he tries hard um, but you know you know what yeah. this society's like now they just jump on everything that they can negativity oh, dude and, it's ridiculous yeah it's we've talked about it I mean show. I don't it, social media since COVID I think has taken a turn for the worst yeah because you never see anyone say anything nice on social media anymore yeah. like I'm good friends with Dean Wilson because I worked for him back in 14 and we're both British and, and like it, he got a lot of trouble or a lot of a lot of negative stuff when uh, he had rotten up and all yeah. that kind of thing and it was just entirely like he said he was in death threats and all that kind of stuff so he just had to turn his social media off yeah it's, and then it's ridiculous. Voice, then, then you and then you can talk about I didn't even know until maybe I looked on Twitter not very long ago Saturday night the incident with Super Web and Roxon in the first turn or whatever yeah to me that wasn't even an incident exactly. that was a racing situation that mm-hmm. Ken would have done exactly the same to Cooper, yeah. given the chance. It wasn't dirty, taking the line away from the other guy. And that's a big deal, I guess, today. Yeah. Yeah. So it's changed the way they look at our sport, too. Yeah. It, but it, with social media, everyone gets an opinion, and, that's, and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. No. But most of people's opinions these days are negative. Yeah, out of control. Out of control. Well, Ollie, we've got you online, and we've got some uh, some of our viewers here have sent through some questions. So, Nick, fire a few at Ollie. Okay. Yeah. So, the first one we got is, can you ask okay. Ollie if he has ever had a rider that he wish he could just put in the too hard basket? <laughs> that like, might be a bit hard to answer, Ollie, so <laughs> try the best you can. What's the too hard basket? Like, what um, like uh, I know they were talking about Chad being the hardest guy to ever to help set up a bike. Like, some of his mechanics were like, dude, it's just impossible oh, okay. to work with him. I think that's what he's at. No, I wouldn't say that since I've been to America. I had a guy back in the MXGP and he wasn't too hard to work with. He just knew what he liked. His name was Tom Church and his dad owned the Kawasaki team back in Europe. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And, and he was awesome. He was a little, he was like the oldest guy I've worked for, but he knew what he liked. So it had, everything had to be perfect. Yeah. Like the clickers had to be perfect, but he knew. He was like, hey, what can, what compression clickers do we want to support? And uh, like, the punch needs to be like this or we need it to be like that. It wasn't hard. It was a lot of work. I, I think I became a good mechanic working for him. Yeah. His attention to detail required like everything to be perfect, even if it was a practice bike or a race bike or MHG, it was an MXGP, so we had a lot of practice sessions. And we were always tinkering on stuff. And I wouldn't say I've ever had someone that's too hard. It was just he was the most demanding 
in attention to detail. Yeah. But but it made me a bad mechanic for sure. Yeah. And we're still good friends. And, and no, I had a good time that year. Yeah. No. Awesome. We've got uh, got another listener here, uh, Josh Plant. He wants to know who is the fastest mechanic at PC. The fastest mechanic at PC. Yeah. Well, honestly, I haven't ridden the bike for like ten years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys have time. Say, no, I know. I don't have time to ride a bike here. And then if I get a day off, the last thing I want to do is go ride. But yeah. I would say it's a semi driver. He's actually pretty good on a bike. That bike looks cool too. So like I thought. Really yeah. yeah. Oh, you follow him on Instagram? Yeah, yeah I follow yeah, him on Instagram as well. I don't pay him in your time. He, he has the factory part that can we don't even have. You know, Dude, like, he's got to have it is, it is proper and the, cool. The bomb header that only MXGP has, like, stuff you can't get. He, he's got to have that stuff. And, that's sick. And yeah. that's like, we get worked on after hours, too. He's like, <laughs> he's learning to be a better mechanic or whatever, but he's like, hey, how do I change the clutch? And we're like, oh, I'll just do it for you. You know what I mean? These <laughs> <laughs> You just stick to driving, you just stick to driving <laughs> the truck. What? Yeah, he's like, this, what are these blue hoses? Ha, what tool would I use to put the blue hoses on? And you're like, I can change them in half. Like, what? You know uh-huh. what I mean? So he's, for sure, I know uh, Brandon Zillman, who worked for AC, uh, he rides a lot too, and he's pretty good. But right now, it's, it's uh, yeah, Walter, the, the semi-driver, he's the fastest guy for sure. Absolutely. So another one we got from Darren Mayer is what part of England does Ollie come from? Uh, it's the southwest in Somerset. Actually, I would say my local track is Farley Castle, where they do that vet, vet <laughs> donations and stuff every year. Yeah, I remember. Do it last year, but, but that track, like the natural track from the 500 GPs back in the 80s, that's like about 20 minutes from where I grew up. That's cool. That's cool. You you would have went to a few GPs there as well when they were still going, or you a bit bit young for that? Oh uh, no, I was too young for that yeah. actually. But uh, they they had a couple of great championships there, and I actually raced there when I was younger, like because it was quite local when they tried to make that track make it a comeback. But that that's the closest track to to me. So I'm like a proper country kid, really, back in the UK. Another question I got is, what is it like sharing the? I'm going to use I'm going to use the word sharing very weirdly. What is it like sharing the workshop with the number two of Ryan Villapoto? <laughs> <laughs> it's not really sharing. It's his workshop, really. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> because RV's got plenty. Hey, RV's got plenty of number ones on that wall, so he's entitled to be in there, you know. But we've actually made him because obviously he's on Yamaha and stuff but he's got his own work bay just the other side of the wall so he's got like his 450s there and his 125s and now you'll see like a couple of PWs there for his kids and some <laughs> basics and stuff like that so he's around he's around he'll drop in or um Schneike who works at Procerky Procerky in the R&D department he used to work for Barsha and he'd be a good one to talk to in the future too and, and now he works at Procerky and now he kind of he kind of looks after Ryan. So when Ryan does those 125 races and stuff, Schneider is his mechanic. So like, it's just RV being there. It's just like having a, another guy, you know, he comes in and he likes to shit talk pretty hard. So it's kind of good. <laughs> the, and, and, and. the RV we get now is a lot different to the RV that we used to see at the racetracks back in the yeah, day. Yeah. I mean, our, the RV now, I mean, the RV back then was gnarly. He just trained and raced and won. But yeah. now he comes in and, He'll drink a beer or like he's cool because 
he'll go ride, come back, and he'll be watching his 450 with a beer at three o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. Like he's enjoying, he's enjoying uh, retired life. That's for sure. So, that's cool. So he should. So he should. I think I'm pretty sure there's a lot. Yeah, guy he's earned it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's right. very much so. That's it. All right. Well, we uh, we want to get uh, a couple more things out of here, but we're going to let you go because, as I said, it's late over there for you. You deserve some sleep. No, it's all good. Yeah. It's, but uh, on the weekend, mate, we had uh, Daytona, and we were speaking to you before we come back yep. on the show. And I mean, you'll find out tomorrow, but I'm, I'm guessing the uh, the boss man, Mitch Payton, would be would be pretty pumped with uh, Cameron getting his first uh, first win, Supercross win, and especially being at Daytona. Exactly. I mean, no one, no one's going to grumble about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he killed it, actually. He killed it, actually, too, because uh, I, I watch it when I'm not going. So he he deserved it. He did his work in the off season, and it actually actually showed. And I'm not glowing or anything, but I probably get everyone builds their own engines. But yep. he happened to use one of the engines I built for Austin. So like, I kind of had a part of that too. Like everyone helped. <laughs> it all it all makes so sense now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so no, Mitch is going to be pumped for sure, and I spoke. I spoke to Cameron, and he was pumped too. To win your first Supercross at Daytona is kind of a big achievement too. Yeah, we, we were sitting in the press conference last night, and um, well, yesterday afternoon, last night for you for over there, and he he's still like on the podium. He's like, I can't put it into words, and even in the press conference, that's an hour later or more than an hour later, he still still can't put words. Still couldn't <laughs> put words to it. He was. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, it takes a little while to think in that one, and he said that on TV too. And I mean, everyone else is happy. Hmm. Also, like we haven't won anything this year, so that's our first win. So that's good, and it, it shows because we got a new bike this year, and it shows that the bikes, yeah, good. Also, you know, yeah, well, you a, never really know until you go race. And, there's a lot of work on. in that 250. It is like it's a whole new bike from ground up. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, everything was new, and it was gnarly. The amount of work we did this off season with a short off season too. Yeah. Like I, I'd say it's one of my gnarliest off seasons since being a pro circuit. The amount that we got through and the last minute too and stuff. Park is still coming in. Yeah. Like it, it's only going to get better with more time too. So, so coming into the season, obviously the first few weeks before a normal round, which would be Anaheim. How many hours a week are yeah. you spending in that workshop? 14 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> Don't <Easy>. ask. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, like, when Easy. I was... Like, like, and and this year was gnarly because Austin was at my house too. He was staying with me and it was good because he kind of saw, like, the work that we put in and it was just, like, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was getting to the shop at 7. I wasn't getting home till the night. Like, Saturday night, I was getting home at, like, 10.30 at night. Dude. And it was just riding and getting race bikes ready and engines and R and D and just just everything. And and then when I got to the first race, I can honestly say the the last day off I had for the first race, which was January 16th, was actually Christmas Day. Yeah, we went we went every day. Jeez, that's incredible. And but that- and no one's complaining about it. Yeah, yeah. no one's complaining about no. it whatsoever because you get to that first race and then you win and then you're like, ah, worth it. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. It's funny. So like, I mean, if you weren't passionate about it, you wouldn't be doing it. No. Because you ain't doing it for, you're only doing it for the love, love of the sport or, and the opportunity because you're not doing it 
for any other reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And for, for those that don't actually know, where Pro Circuit is on Wardlow Road there, a few hundred metres up the road, there's an In-N-Out burger. And I don't know about you, man, but yeah. I, I eat there as much as possible. I'd hate to imagine how many like late nights have been spent in the uh, In-N-Out drive through there. Uh, yeah, normally normally in the afternoon, if something goes wrong or whatever, and we know we're going to be late, someone ends up shooting up to the In-N-Out and getting a bunch of burgers or whatever. Yeah. So so we'll just eat and work at the same time. But the kind of, the normally wears off when it's at the end of the street, because it is good. <laughs> but now, but like when I first moved here, it would have been like once or twice a week, but now it's like maybe once a month, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've eaten there three times in a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a no, it's a novelty for you though. Oh, dude, I loved it. I mean, it's- I wouldn't I wouldn't even know. Never been there. We lose him. No, we're still got him. You there? Yeah, I'm sure there. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, the, phone was, the phone was doing funny things on my side. So, also on... Oh, no. no, that's okay. Before the race yesterday, me and Ollie were talking and we were, we were speaking about Eli Tomac and how, I remember, Ollie said, Eli has to win tonight. This is something that cannot... It just has to happen. Tonight has to happen. After Eli winning last night, Ollie, who do you, who do you see being the, the 450 champion uh, in a few weeks' time? Who, who's the guy? I this is tough because I I should say I should say Eli because he's a Cowie guy and, or Cowie and I'm a fan but I, I think this one's people webs to yeah. lose. I, I think last night Eli got it strong, like not like mentally strong and like I seen him like when I was at Bowers back in fifteen like he was a rock people was and then. Mm when people went to championships when I was with Austin and stuff like that like he in his head I think he's the strongest guy yeah yeah I think Eli got himself back into it like I, I think being being, oh, with, sure. being within he, 26 and needed, points and needed to like, yeah. Mm. yeah and yeah. then obviously coming into Atlanta like yeah I mean they got Texas I think they got Texas in the next couple of weeks and and I and you but you can't count Eli out because a few years ago, he was like the underdog, and then he just started clipping them off, and yeah. clipping them off, and, and then just like winning and winning. And this might be the turning point because it ain't over. No, that's for sure. Not and, at all. And and, and like, uh, yeah, Eli could just start clicking them off in the next couple of weeks, and we got three in ten days coming up. So like, if you're feeling it and you're confident, yeah. you can make up a lot of points in those three races. Yeah, yeah, you can make, you get a roll on for sure. All right, Ollie, I got one more for you before we let you go. You probably no pro- probably can't give us this answer, or you possibly can, but when are we going to see the thirty eight back on track? When is Austin back? <laughs> Oh, I can tell you that. Uh, it'll be Utah. It'll be Utah, the next East Coast race. Yeah, cool. Cool. So that's we'll good. Be, we will see that back to the plan. That's the plan. Yeah. yeah, he'll do the last two. That's the plan. I mean, it's not going to hurt. He needs some gate drops. Yeah. And if he's healthy and ready, then there's no reason why we're going to let him sit at home because yeah. he's actually in California now. He started riding last Monday, so we did a week last week and we did a bit of testing on Friday. So we're going to be going to the track. 
four days this week. So like there, there's time, like it's not too late. So there's time that we'll do like four more weeks of motocross. We'll get a base for the summer or whatever, and then we'll switch back to supercross. So yeah. as long as everything goes to plan, the, yeah, we'll be in Utah for the last two races, that's for sure. Awesome, awesome. Well, we might have to uh, call you back up when we get to Utah there and uh, get the get the inside word from from the venue. Yeah, no problem. I mean, hopefully we'll do it after and hopefully we come back with a good result. Yeah. Which will kind of salvage something for this Supercross season, you know. And yeah. just, we just need to race and get experience and gate drops. You know, yeah. you can't simulate that in any practicing whatsoever. So the only thing you can do is racing and get your race craft back, which is what we need to work on a little bit. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. All right, man, well, we appreciate you giving us the time tonight. Um, as I said, it's early in the morning no now. Early in the morning for you now. And yeah. uh, But look, you need to enjoy the pizza tomorrow because you're obviously going to get pizza for uh, Cameron's yeah. win on the weekend. So make sure you enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, man, we're, we're pumped to have you on the show. Uh, and we'll, we'll get you back on soon. All right, nice one. That's awesome. Mike. Thanks for uh, giving me a call and having a talk. It's been good. Awesome. awesome. All right, Ollie. We'll talk to you soon, mate. Nice one. Thank you, boys. No worries. Thank Bye. you, mate. See ya. Bye. How do you feel? Dude, <laughs> I just want to keep talking. I could talk for another... <laughs> Freaking four hours. <laughs> he's looking at me and he's like, uh, how much longer do you want to go? And I'm like, we, we're running tight here. On we're time. running tight, but I was just like, no, nah, I could I could happily go for hours and hours with nah. him. Um, just also working out the whole story of, dude, it was a success story. Oh, man, that is crazy. That's everyone's dream to go what he did. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. Goes and does it and it works. And then not only that, goes to Vegas, gets his first win, his yeah. parents are there. Oh, that, you, you could not write that. You cannot, cannot write that script at all uh, as the... Uh, the the voiceover chick the enters voiceover, for a water. voiceover chick just grabs a bottle of water out of the fridge there and behind the camera. So she's... Uh, <laughs> She, she. Well, well, let's let's uh, do a little two fifty talk because that's part of our announcement later on this evening. Uh, Nick, we'll throw up a quick one. We're going to have a quick two fifty preview or review, and then we got to get our next guest on do four fifty. So awesome! Let's do it, man. We talked about it there a little bit with Ollie. Cameron McAdoo, first win. You can see by the video there, he's just amped up that and meant a lot. And as we said, we were in the press conference. He still couldn't put into words an hour and a half after the race. I mean, you probably talked to him today. Still probably hasn't sunk in, but man, what a ride from the kid. Dude, unbelievable. And I just... Supercross is, is, is so, dude, it's so nutty. Like a week ago, everyone's social media is talking. Oh, dude, the Yamaha team um, has got this on lock. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Daytona comes around. It's predicted to be wet. It wasn't tracked. They got so lucky with it. And then Makado just goes out there and puts a clinic on. Yeah, like, good stuff. Unbelievable. There's uh, there's plenty of uh, bald tires returning to the Monster Energy Kawasaki factory this week. And as we said, I think Mitch would be pretty pumped with that. You know, as as uh, Ollie said there, they haven't had a win at all this year. And I said first wins, Cameron's first win. There's a lot of firsts there, which is uh, which is awesome for him. Got a good start. Got down front. The kid, the kid. I want to talk about. I don't want to take anything away from Makado, but Styles Robertson, man, what a ride from the rookie. Like gets a start, leads a lot of that first part of the main, and looked clean and looked comfortable, which is the thing. Like, let, rewind 
two weeks ago now. It feels like such a just a long time ago. Oh yeah. Two weeks ago, round one comes out, lands on J Mart first jump, rides the race after the restart with no front guard. Gets I can't even remember what he got, but then he comes out and then puts a second in, and again looked comfortable there. It wasn't like he was, you know, got a good start and was just holding on. Like McAdoo had to hunt him down, pass him, yep. you know, and then he sat in a comfortable second the whole race. He's he wasn't losing heaps of time to McAdoo. Like that's a killer ride for the Husky rider, and I think that goes back down to as well is Rockstar Husky. That is the performance they saw. Like that, that, that is the yeah. kid they signed from what they saw. And I think it was more so a little bit of relief, like a bit of a weight taken off um, style, sorry, after that, that he was able to show his potential. Yep. And like, dude, that ride, he didn't inherit from a crash. No. He didn't, there wasn't any luck. There wasn't any involved. Dude, he rode his heart out and that was cool. Yeah, no, it was awesome. We, uh, I got to ask him a question at the Ooh, press conference this wee. week. Uh, just asked him if you haven't watched it, Supercross will be up. We'll probably post it on our social media. But uh, just asked him if it was a bit more luck or what, and he said it was a bit more luck. He just shit luck round one. And, you know, he knew that he could do that. The, the preseason training he put in, he knew he could ride like that. So that's, uh, that's a good thing, putting another guy up there to make this a bit more challenging. For the other guy we want to talk about here, who was the red plate holder, who loses it to McAdoo, which is another thing McAdoo picks up, is the red plate. Yep. But the uh, the 32 of Justin Cooper gets caught up in that second corner and fights his way through the pack, uh, gets himself into fourth position. That was rough for the 32. Dude, the whole day was rough, and this goes back down to, obviously, the whole practice qualifying this morning. In the night show, from what we know, um, Justin was having a lot of issues with his rear tyre. He was constantly going from a paddle tyre back to a, a supercross or a generic motocross tyre. Yeah. And I, I th- with the issue he had in the heat race, was he complaining that he got a lot of wheel spin on the, on the start line there and then obviously went back to a generic motocross tyre. And the start wasn't still wasn't that, still wasn't that much which better, is, which is weird for that guy. Like Justin Cooper is known for starts; he's known for getting good starts, and he had two shockers. But don't yeah. don't let that fool anyone. Him and Garrett Marchbanks pretty much pulled that whole field. Yeah, and yeah. On, on a track like Daytona, man, that's not an easy task. It's not, but I still wasn't watching Cooper. You know, the the highlight package shows a little bit. Go back and watch the race. He was making a lot of mistakes as well. Like, he did I think not that's look good. more the panic factor. He was panicking. And that's what I wanted to, to say is I feel like, and from looking at it, he was panicking hard. He just was like, he obviously, these guys see the other riders. He could tell McAdoo was out in front yep. and just started panicking and, and you know, making mistakes which hurt you know that chance for him to get on the podium but uh, he's four down on McAdoo now so McAdoo's got the red plates so it's gonna it's made it interesting because I mean everyone talking through the two weeks was you know Justin Cooper's just, got this thing on lock yeah got on lock it's gonna he's I gonna think, run away with I it I think everyone thought that when um, obviously we lost Justin Justin uh, Jeremy Martin. Jeremy Martin sorry got my words tangled up when we lost Jeremy Martin which we found out that he is going to be out for the complete um, complete Supercross and maybe the beginning of motocross so far that this championship was going to be unlocked from Justin Cooper yeah so it's it's just created uh, it's created just racing a battle yeah it's created a battle and usually well obviously in the um 
from the 250 East, we haven't really been able to see that too much. Nah. So this is going to be good. Um, another notable mention there is Pierce Brown. Obviously, this was his yeah. first race back and got the bike on the podium. That's good. Dude, he was he was so pumped as well. Yeah. He uh, obviously in the press conference we asked him and he uh because could hear a star racing Yamaha behind him which he knew was going to be Justin Cooper and he uh, dude reckons he just put his head down and dug deep panicked <laughs> panicked he, he, and he was up front he said he, he goes, I just started panicking and just you know just I knew it was him and I just well, was trying well what about Styles when an, another question was asked when Styles got out front he's just like dude I got out front and I didn't know what to do yeah <laughs> yeah which is scary like these guys win a lot as amateurs and then they get into the pro ranks and it doesn't come quite as easy as they think but then you know when they get up there like oh wait I sort of know how to and he looked like he knew what he was doing up there um, but yes uh, Styles Robinson Pierce Brown ran out the podium there um, and so we got, you know, a couple new guys on the podium from, from round one. Uh, McAdoo getting the lead. Uh, Cody Shock, man. Dude, what he ride. was incredible. And more so as well, like that's Michael Lindsay's team. Yeah. Michael Lindsay, dude, f- f- for people that don't know Michael Lindsay, <laughs> uh, during COVID, he was delivering groceries to keep this keep this dream alive. Yeah. So that is an incredible ride. Yeah, yeah. He now he is... He is third, fourth, hovering around there and with about four minutes to go. He put a post up and he's like, I just hit the wall and, and dropped back to ninth. But I think he needs definitely some credit for running up front there, or, you know, around those factory bikes on a, you know, it's not, it's not that far off factory, but it is not a factory outfit. As you said, you know, um, delivering groceries to keep the team, team alive. Like, there's no factory teams were delivering groceries. <laughs> it's funny, like, even last year, obviously, the, the FXR Chaparral team had some rough days. Yeah. Really rough days. And I've heard on other podcasts as well when they've had Michael Lindsay come in, they were like, dude, we were worried for yeah. your welfare. <laughs> Suicide watch. Yeah. Cool. Like, uh, I've seen videos of him, like, standing on top of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, <Don't> jump. <laughs> obviously packing up and there's uh, a certain person walks past and goes, don't do it, man. Don't, don't do jump. It. Yeah. So, it's awesome to see, obviously, for Cody Shock and then, obviously, for the whole FXR Chaparral uh, Honda team. Yep, that's it. That's it. A uh, couple more things we want to touch on here before we, we wrap this up. Again, we apologize for being so quick through tonight, uh, but we do have a big show and a lot to come, and we're already now 10 minutes behind schedule. But uh, I think we just go back and get Ollie back on the phone. <laughs> you just sit and talk to Ollie for hours. Uh, the other thing, Hunter Lawrence, heat race win. First heat race win for Hunter Lawrence. Uh, wasn't... I mean, he got six in the main, which is sort of where he ran, and that's where we sort of expect him. But again, after coming off a heat race on a track, we think he might be a little bit more suited, outdoorish. You know, it still was a supercross track. You know, they're putting a lot more jumps in Daytona now, but all this sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, the heat race wasn't what I thought it would be after watching the... Watching... The, sorry, the... F- Main wasn't what I thought it was from watching the Heat, but, I mean, Heat race win, he's going to take that. That's only confidence for Hunter Lawrence. And uh, the last one is the 250 LCQ. <laughs> three, Which one? Three. I saw four. I was I was watching it, and I'm like, we're on our third restart of the... So, two red flags, three starts to the LCQ. Um, the one guy I've got to give it a massive shout-out to... I got two. You got yours? Mine is Hardy Munez. He was, like, running up front. He's trying to win the LCQ. He... First run. So, first one. Up front, goes on-off under the tunnel, like, cartwheels into the tunnel... 
Luckily enough, as he cartwheels, <laughs> he the, big too. <laughs> the red flag comes out. So he gets a restart, comes out in front again. He's running second in the second one again, crashes, red flag comes out. Not for him. Like he just kept failing circumstantial. And then I think he comes second or he won the LCQ. I think he did win the LCQ. Yeah, he yeah. ended up winning the LCQ. I was like, what a, like this dude. But they were all good, consistent starts. I'll give him that. That's what I mean. But it's funny though. The, the kid was like out of the LCQ twice and just by sheer luck ends up winning the LCQ oh. and getting into the main. Like you can, it just was insane. Another one I've got to give big shout out to is the 264 of Ryan Sipes. Obviously oh. we all, a good percentage of us had Ryan Sipes in our fantasy. Yeah. We see him get uh, just <laughs> smashed in that corner. By Hardy Mudos. By, by <laughs> our other guy. Anyway, Ryan picks up his hand. He's looking stressed. The red flag comes out, hops back on his bike, shakes himself and just rides back to the start line. I'm like, this is as close as I want my fantasy to go. And then and then McElrath has a mind uh, blank and just completely ruins me. I didn't I didn't have McElrath stay. I'm away. never going McElrath again. Yeah, but no, he Ever. He, and then Sipes gets in the Ever. Main. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Ever. this next time you get tempted <laughs> with a with a time. But uh look, that's gonna wrap up our 250 talk. We are going to take our second and final commercial break of the evening. We're going to get our guest on Alex Gobert from Moto Online and we're going to talk 450, so we will be back shortly. Nick, we are pumped to have the guys at KTR Apparel on board with us here on the Moto Limited show. Go and check out www.ktrapparel.com.au to get yourself one of the sweet shirts you're wearing right Dude, now. Dude, these things are incredible. The quality is just amazing. As you were saying, we are pumped to have KTR on board. Uh, for everyone that sort of doesn't know, I think by the end of our motocross season this year, people are going to know who KTR are. They are. They're a big, big player in the sport here at the moment. Adam is trying his hardest to improve our sport so the way to get around and support him is by going and getting yourself one of these sweet ktr apparel t-shirts they got t-shirts they got hats they got stubby coolers towels they've got everything even an umbrella umbrellas go and check out the website purchase yourself something today and you'll be supporting the guys who are really trying to benefit this sport and nine times out of ten you'll see us somewhere in some merch 100 percent. go and get it now do it TCX boots have been a sponsor of the show here now for quite a while, Nick. The TCX Comp Evo 2 is a high-quality yet affordable boot that retails for $5.99. Features the, their double-flex control system around the ankle for improved support without compromising feel and their molded Michelin MX hybrid sole with micro grooves to evacuate water for maximizing that grip on the pegs. Go check them out, your local retailer or linkint.com.au. Used by Josh Green, myself, and as of the show a few weeks ago, Nick, you are now the ambassador for TCX Boots. What do you think? Dude, the boot deal was done. I'm pumped. Um, I actually wore them last weekend for the first time. Dude, these boots are incredible. Usually I've, I've grown up wearing other side boots and I was sort of a bit worried about these ones, but they blew my mind. These things are incredible. They are. And as I said, I've, I'm a very picky boot guy, but TCX have done a fantastic job. We've got it here sitting on the desk in front of us and they are absolutely phenomenal. So if you want to get yourself a set of boots, go and check out your local retailer or contact uh, linkin.com.au to find out where you can get them and access them and uh, get yourself a set of boots today. You will not be disappointed. No, sir. 
a brand new sponsor here on the Moto Limited show is Queensland Bike and Four Drive, or most of us know them as QB4. They are at 6 Carrington Road in Toowoomba. They're a family-owned and operated business, Nick, up there selling Kawasaki, KDM, Polaris, and now Gas Gas. And they're that family-owned and operated that your old man, Jeffrey Still, is up there. Dude, 20? I think it's like... I think it's like 26 or 27 years now, like my whole life that that shop has been around. I've had countless jobs there. Um, they've helped me with racing pretty much my whole life. It's just, it's, you don't really see many of these dealerships anymore that are that family orientated. It just, it's, it's incredible. It is. It's 100% incredible. Carrot up there, a good friend of us here, friend of the show. Friend of the show. He is the, the salesman up there to go see. So if you're chasing a Kawasaki, a KDM, a Gas Gas, or a side-by-side Polaris, go and see Carrot or Jeffrey up there on the hill. And they've got a wide range of accessories as well. These guys will help you out with where they can. Mention the Moto Limited show sent you, and they will definitely try and help you out with where they can. Hey, Nick. It definitely. Where? To 10 people. Where do we go? You go to 6 Carrington Road, Toowoomba, or go on their website, qb4.com.au, and uh, get their phone number. Give them a call and see if they can't help you. If you're not in the Toowoomba area, they will surely help you out in some way. Absolutely. So get there today, guys. Queensland Bike and Four Drive up there on the hill, and you will not be disappointed. We are so excited here on the Moto Limited show to have National Lunar Fridges involved with the show. Guys, these are, as has been explained to us, the Rolls Royces of fridges. So if you want to get yourself a 12, 240 volt fridge, you don't go past the National Lunar Fridge. You spend that little bit extra money and you know you're getting the highest quality. Nick, we're working for one here in studio and you are going to be cool, pulling out some cool beverages out there for sure. Absolutely. I think it's going to sit next to me and I'm going to be the fridge gatekeeper. You'll have to be. As I said, this thing is a Rolls Royces of fridges. So we need a bodyguard such as yourself there protecting this fridge at all times. I think I can do it. All right, well, go get yourself a National Lunar fridge. Go and check them out today, and you definitely will be buying the best fridge on the market today. Absolutely. All righty, we are back. Show number 32 of the Moto Limited Show presented by Roo System Street Race Solutions and Backyard Design. We've got our second guest of the night on the phone, lined up, ready to go. He is he's the main man behind the uh, motoonline.com.au or .com website. I should have, I should have researched that. I'm sorry. Uh, it's great Alex, radio, bros. Great radio. <laughs> it's Alex Gobert. Alex, how are you? Hey, what's happening, guys? Good to uh, good to be here, mate. We're pumped to have you on the show. Um, for us, you know, we're we're new to this whole media scene and trying to make it happen. And to have a, a guy like you who's been in and around this and doing it for a long time now with the the Moto Online brand, um, you know, we were like, we want to pick your brain as much as we can to to make this happen and and uh, get a little of your expertise on. So yeah, we're pumped to have you on the show. Yeah, no, I've I've seen you guys kind of pop up here and there on socials, and then. Obviously, we saw you, you know, start to go on the, the Supercross press conferences and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it looks like a uh, really good setup that you have. And I was just checking it out before, actually, on on Facebook. So, uh, oh no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're still we're still not, not for long though. Nah, that's right. <laughs> we're still learning where we are. Uh, trying to put all this together, we're two ex motocrossers just trying to make a a, a <laughs> make dream. A show. But like all our dreams. 
are just coming so quickly. <laughs> like I, right. I had the overall dream of being in the Supercross press conferences for like, I was like, dude, this year, let's just, uh, let's make that a dream. Let's just see if we can do that. And it was like round two and we're in the press conference and me and Trent, dude, we were just shitting ourselves. Yeah, right. So the so the guys that you, I suppose, Tomac and, and Kenny or Coop or those guys, they were probably some of the the first writers yeah. in terms of <laughs> pro were. level guys that you've interviewed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, ever. Like, I mean, you know, we've done a little bit here and there, and uh, you know, with the with the Aussie scene and the local stuff here in in Southeast Queensland. But yeah, like sitting there, the first time we're sitting in the press conference, and like, I you probably weren't paying attention to us, but if you really looked at us, we are literally packing it because again, like, we've never spoken to those guys, and then again, like for us, we're we're big fans of the sport and. And, you know, we follow all the big media outlets in the US, the Pulse, the Racer X, all those guys. So, like, we're looking at Weege and going, oh, shit, we just, like, I could literally ask Weege a question if I wanted to yeah. right now. Like, we were just absolutely, like... Just mind-blown. Mind-blown that we could do this. And, I mean, we're only sort of six to eight months into doing all this. So, that's why we're like, when you reach out to us and we're like, dude, do you want to come on the show? Because we want to we want to know, like, again, like, how you got started in it and how you sort of put everything together and, and build your, uh, your brand and your reputation in the media side of things here in in australia and then now in the u.s as well yeah so now for us we really started so moto online the brand started back in 2009 yeah before that i raced professionally in superbike and super sport and spent what about five years in the u.s so racing over there doing all of the the championships but at one point i decided I wanted to sort of switch to media. Yep. Uh, at that point, I was, I was only like 23, 24 at the time. But at that point, I kind of decided, all right, well, I want to move back to Australia. It's sort of it's surprising for a lot of people at the time, but I got into magazine work and, and obviously street stuff for the most part. And then during that period, the idea for Moto Online came about and at the same point, my passion, I suppose, for reporting, I was really enjoying the dirt side of it. So at that point, and obviously always followed Supercross and did it when I was younger and motocross and everything else. But yeah, back then, that's how the Moto Online brand started was after a few years of magazine work, I, I branched out and, and did my own thing, did my own website. And we had a street website too at the time. And the Moto Online, the the motocross supercross one just outgrew it yep. you know straight away the traffic just came the the i think the demographic suited really well and and at the same time it, it obviously you know it was a huge buzz for me at the time so fast forward i suppose you know over 10 years we couldn't actually get the domain name motoonline.com so yep. we always had the dot, the dot au which is obviously you know based for the Australian website. Yep. And yeah, we uh, finally secured that in 2019. And and that's really when the idea was born to to not only do the Australian site, but add in the US one as well. So yep. yeah, pretty, uh, that's a really fast version of it. But yeah, yeah so now we've got the, the motoonline.com.au, which is purely for the Australian content. Yep. And then we're trying to break into the US market as well. So you know, a lot of time, a lot of a lot of late nights, and 
you know, but a lot of experience as well. So it's yeah. all sort of coming together. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's it. We we under. We, as I said, we understand that right now with you know trying to trying to do both uh, both things. You know, having having Ollie on earlier in the show. You know, he live from from the US. He got up and made it happen for us. But you know, normally we have to pre-record stuff, and it's you know whatever suits them, which is normally early morning or <laughs> late night for us, whatever you know. Uh, coast they're on so it's like man it's a lot of it's a lot of work but i mean you've you've built a, a great brand there you know you've got um anthony sasota who's he's based in the u.s now for you isn't he yeah so last year i went over to the start of the supercross season obviously before covid and everything started uh you know affecting everything but at that point i really planned on going back and forth i probably underestimated it yeah. because we've got <laughs> You know, a lot of commitments here in Australia, um, you know, with the motocross, supercross, we do the AORC. Yep. We, we also do a lot of agency type work at the ASBK. So I'd kind of planned amongst all that to do, you know, around six trips to the US. But then obviously COVID came. Um, it was almost a blessing of some type because... They obviously started the Zoom press conferences yeah. and yeah. and everything became a lot more digital and, and online. So that really suited us and enabled us to get the brand out there in the US. And although I know the guys and I've interviewed a lot of different guys at different times to, yeah. to really get the MotoOnline.com brand out there and, and that sort of thing was important. But what it really led to for this year was because I couldn't travel there, we had a bit of additional budget to the point where we we wanted somebody on the ground in the US. So, yeah, we ended up actually did a tweet, believe it or not, in December. And I had some plans in place that kind of fell through. So I did this tweet and just said, is anybody, you know, out there, anybody interested in this sort of thing? And yep. Anthony Sansoda is a guy who used to work at Red Bull. He used to do a lot of the... Uh, sort of production work with the Moto Spy guys. And yeah. and if you sort of, if you look back at different uh, straight rhythm type events, he would be the reporter on those. Yeah. And yeah, that's he, he ended right. Up, now I remember. <laughs> yeah. So he ended up losing his sort of role through COVID and obviously wanted a, wanted a, you know, some sort of opportunity. We got talking and, and yeah, he's a, uh, actually been really good it's yeah. it's obviously really important if you want to be an american media outlet you know in terms of the marketing budgets and everything over there to to show them that we're as serious as possible yeah and and yeah so between him and we use the the octopi media guides for photos so yeah when we wake up i guess on on a race weekend because it's all you know shared through your phone directly from the track um I'm not usually up for the first practice sessions, but I get up in time for qualifying. Yeah. And Anthony's kind of holding it down, but I've just got these, you know, my phone's full of like 100, 150 photos just from the pre-practice, the the opening sessions of the untimed practice type thing. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy how it all works, but, you know, it's been a huge challenge for us to to do it. There's been times where I've kind of thought, you know, have I bit off too much then you know we can handle should i just concentrate on the australian stuff and then at the same time obviously the australian stuff hasn't happened yeah you know since you know last year it didn't go ahead at all so yeah yeah it's it's been a really strange time but you know we've been loving it just 
trying to do this American thing and, and obviously also fully prepared for when Pro-MX starts later in the year, you know, next month anyway. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking forward to having some local stuff here. I mean, our local our state racing uh, kicked off, was that two, La- two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, Jeez. Two weeks ago. So we were, you know, amped up about doing doing that and being able to cover some of that. And, and we're, yeah, we're just we're like, we want the, the Pro MX to get, get kicked off. And, you know, we got to, uh, I'd say a mini preview of it. You know, a lot of the, you know, like Todd and uh, Gibbsy and a few of the boys, Crawford, like Circo guys were there. Like a lot of them were there and we kind of got a mini preview of it and do some of those guys are riding fast so i can't wait to see what we get at um at round one um which is uh, about a month or so time now so we're, we're pretty amped for, for pro mx and again for us it's our, sort of our first time as you know quote unquote media uh getting to go to these things and actually start talking to these guys and and building those relationships as I said I've, I've known a lot of them since i was a kid but you know you just know them as one of the guys you race with but now you're trying to take on a different role so we're uh, we're pretty excited to to get back to racing here in australia yeah and i think it's uh you know one thing that's really good out of all this and obviously what you guys do as well is although the racing hasn't been happening here the amount of content and the the amount of race weekends and and obviously the amount that you've got to you know put the work in for the us stuff it yeah you know for me i learn a lot from that like we've had to you know i feel like we've had to raise the bar on our end just fit into what we're trying to achieve over there so that's the same for me i'm really excited to kind of bring back what we've what we've learned and implement some of those things uh you know here and and yeah but you know obviously at the end of the day we really want the, the international borders to open we really want to you know, continue to to travel over there and, and do what we do. So, and a big thing for us, I think it's important as well is we have really good support from the Australian industry. So, you know, the the links and the, the different brands over here. Yeah. And I really try not to spend that budget into the American stuff because obviously the support we get here, we want to put it into you know, what we're doing locally. So yeah. we, yeah, we also obviously run the, we do foremost media, which is our agency side. Yep. That kind of enables us to, you know, save what we can and put it towards the U S kind of the journey there. And we've got some support from over there. So, you know, that's really important to us as well, just to ensure that we're not just taking money from the Australian industry and then, you know, spending it on our US content. So yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, look, man, we we appreciate you coming on here. We're gonna do a bit of four fifty chat with you about the weekend. Uh, at Daytona, we had round nine at Daytona on the weekend. So you mind sticking around, uh, giving us a bit of a chat about that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, we're gonna play a preview or review video here, and we'll be back shortly. Have a real hard time with that clicker tonight, I, dude. I think my <laughs> I think my mouse battery is going dead. Yeah, we just uh, we just put the Supercross preview up. It doesn't take long. They re they replay the 450 start about five times. They do one after another. And then, oh yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Nick's like, oh, I'm getting these videos ready to to play on the screen, and I was like. I watched it and I was like, dude, they just show the start over and over. But like, let's be honest, 
that's, Coop, that's the most Cooper didn't do anything wrong. We're talking. With, we're with talking Watson. about that. That's like, like the. First. I'm just watching it now, and I'm just thinking in my head. There's nothing wrong. No, it's racing that. No, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that. This isn't very long either. A little bit of a yep. uh, little bit of tomac here, then the pass on Coop last lap on Frandis and I done. <laughs> yeah, the recap video was not very good. No, I actually saw Rocks and Pass and Mookie. That's the only other highlight. That's a big triple on that step onto that table. Mm. We're kind of watching it on the screen. <laughs> 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 when we have guests in studio, they can't see our screen, so we're watching it and they're just sitting there like, "What's going, what's on? going on? What are you guys looking at?" Sorry, guys. All right. Eli burnout. And then it's over. Oh, here he comes. Oh, look at that whip. <laughs> you ET guys are all pumped up. Dude, I'm an ET3 guy. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'll bring it back. Yep. Four fifty class from Daytona, round nine, halfway. Monster Energy Supercross and FAM World Championship. Uh, I mean, we got to talk about it first up. The incident. I wouldn't even call it an incident. What it's, incident? It's being blown out of proportion here in our belief. But the Cooper Webb, Ken Roxon off the start. I'm going to start with you, Alex, being the guest. What is your thought and opinion on what Webb did there? in the second corner on Kenny. Yeah, so it, it kind of caught my eye, obviously, when we saw the start of the main event and then Ricky obviously went to it and, you know, sort of just brushed over it. And then, you know, we... we, we I think that's typical Cooper Webb. We know the aggression's there. He takes, he takes the opportunities when they're, you know, presented to him. But I think what really set it alight was at the end of the race, you know, when... They did the interview with Roxon. He, you know, he said what he had to say. He was quite heated at at the time. Yeah. You know, that that was used for, uh, you know, online stories. Everybody kind of grabbed it. The it was the perfect grab. And I think Kenny obviously had something he wanted to put out there, or he wouldn't have done the interview in the first place. So yeah. In my mind, the move was fine. Uh, I think. You know, the door was open. The opportunity was there. Like I said, I didn't have a problem with it. You know, Coop didn't really see what the issue was. He said Kenny was running his mouth. And, yeah, I, I don't know. What about you guys? It's, to me, it was really a... Uh, good racing that's what we're here for yeah i mean let, like for me there's a, there's a couple things let's go back salt lake city when the points are starting to tighten up between between webb and tomac and we go through that first corner and you see webb break check tomac to try and stuff him up this is the exact same thing the guy knows how to get in these riders heads he pushed Kenny out there to make him sit back in the pack more and have to pass more riders. Like, he, there's a strategy to everything that Cooper Webb Dude, does. Cooper Webb is is living in Roxon's head rent free. Oh, he's that. What we saw after that race yesterday on the podium and what we got from Ken. Yeah, that doesn't look like a real strong mental game to me. Yeah, he, it, that was the finally 
Cooper's got to him. It's re- it rattled him. It, it did exactly. It's rattled him. Obviously, it's down to two points now. Mm. Um, so, like, dude, I hope that Kenny can rebuild from this and have a win this weekend because it's just going to fuel the fire. And for us, dude, that's what we want. Yeah, it's it's going to make the racing more entertaining. He's got this thing down to two points now, which is exactly where we want this to be moving forward. And when we did our preview shows, Alex, my biggest thing is I'm, I want to see Kenny from this point on. This is the point where we've seen that, you know, last year we saw the wheels fall off. Uh, in previous years, he hasn't quite made it to this point and things like that. For me, with the quote-unquote health issues that he faced and everything like that, for me right now, this is the point where I want to see Kenny step up and continue this. But from that, watching that, and Cooper now being within two. If I'm going to Vegas, and I'm putting it on, I'm putting, I'm going all in on Cooper Webb to win this championship because he is starting to just chip away. He's starting to get Cooper mentality. The Webb Webb wagon, sorry, is starting to roll. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think entering this round, when you think back to last year, how close Kenny came to, you know, winning the main event at Daytona. I think when you know coming into this one, I think Kenny was probably. You know, one of the favourites, if not the favourite on paper. Yep. So for this main event, obviously Tomac did what he did, which was just phenomenal. But to see Webb actually gain more points on Roxon at Daytona, I don't think many of us expected that either. Not at all. Like, I expected to see a Roxon bounce back. Um, obviously, from what we've seen from Eli in the, in the last couple of weeks, like, even in the media, everyone talks about it. We don't know what's going on with Eli. And the the, the ride we saw from the number one last night was just incredible. It was flawless. There was, there was nothing wrong. He actually got a start for once. Eli Tomac actually got a start. And, well, that's a question I've got for both of you now, obviously. So, obviously, last night, Eli gets a win. He gets 26 points, which makes him 24 down on Ken now. Like, are we starting to talk about Tomac still mathematically being in this championship? Is, like, can you guys still see Eli getting this done? Is that, is, I'm gonna, I'll go with Alex first. So, give me your thoughts on Tomac, where we're at with the championship and, uh, and the coming rounds for him. I think, first of all, it was to see him get a fifth win at Daytona to, yeah. to match the record of, of RC. I think that was, you know, super important. And going into this round, I think it was, if anything, probably a make or break for Eli. If, yeah. if he didn't perform, you know, I think we all would have written him off altogether. You know, it was already becoming a, this is a web versus a, rocks and a battle panic, for the a panic title. button, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he he did exactly what he needed to do. Now, these next few rounds in uh, you know in Arlington, I think they're going to be telling. They're the ones that he's really going to need to to put together a string of solid results, consistent results, bring those points back closer, and then by the time we get to Atlanta, which we're not really sort of we don't really know what to expect there at the at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Yeah. You know, I think these next three rounds in Texas, okay. you know, they're going to be the deciding factor whether or not 
Tomac's going to draw close enough. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, and let's let's rewind a couple of years. Obviously, we know that Tomac starts off very very slow. Obviously, his the whole game plan has been weird this year. But maybe, and I'm hoping both as a fan of the sport and as a fan of ET3 that now he's got this win. That might be a little bit of motive. I'm not going to say motivation. It might get the ball rolling. Or it, something might just start working for Eli, and now we start adding his name, obviously, like Alex said, into these next three rounds, not knowing what we're going to get at Atlanta. Eli, I don't know about you guys, but Eli seemed pretty excited about what he has seen so far for Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen the track maps. We, we can see what's coming, but again, a track map can be different to what actually shows up on the day and what they're working with, and they've never been there before, all those things, but... I'm, I mean, as, as you said, Alex, it's going to come down to what we see next weekend, uh, from Arlington with Eli. If we get a mediocre Eli that gets a fifth again, you can't put him in this. He needs to basically do what he did at Daytona this weekend. He needs to do this all the way out. And th- st- things need to start going his way. He can't afford a fifth, a sixth, you know, those types of rides that we've seen from him so far this year. He can't afford that now. Like, I'm not going to stamp that he's back by any means. Like, this is a good step in the right direction, but he's got three races in a row here at uh, at Arlington in a, in a seven-day period or eight-day period. If he gets a roll on and clicks off a few wins throughout those and continues to look as good as he did, yeah, I'll put him back in the talk. But just off that one win with a guy who, if, you know, he is the most, he's tied as the most winningest rider at uh, at Daytona. You can't go, oh, he won Daytona, right, he's back. You know, you can't do that. He's been one of the most dominant riders at Daytona. I'm feeling a lot. I'm feeling a lot better about him now than I was last week, though. Yeah, but he, look, but that's as long as he stays in within 26 points, I'll feel happy. Yeah, but if he if if, if next week comes this weekend comes next weekend and he runs a fifth, it's over. But this is the other thing. Did nobody, did nobody else notice halfway through the main a guy like Aaron Plessinger who has not been on it, who did ride sensationally was starting to take a little bit of time out of Eli. That might be Eli going, okay, I don't want to push. I don't want to wreck this. If If you go back and watch it, that gap that he has between the two of them it's pretty consistent. He likes yeah. to keep it the whole way around. Now, that's another question I've got is obviously the, the third place of the number seven, Aaron Plessinger. i got one more thing on Tomac before you go. But. Okay. Well, let, let me just <laughs> ask this one really quickly. Plessinger, what the hell was that? Is it just <laughs> from the track? Alex, do you, do you think that's just from the track or is there a set? Give me your thoughts on the number seven of Aaron Plessinger. Well, he's had a spring in his step pretty much all year long since. You know, we obviously saw him go back to the to the star team that he's had so much success with, you know, on the 250s. And, you know, I feel like we've seen glimpses of form yep. at different times of the year from him. Obviously, you know, we know that he can ride a bike. The the team and everything around him is, is essentially all new for this year. He says the bike's com- completely different than what he was on last year. For me, I was just shocked to see that type of performance from the heat race into the main event yeah. and to carry that kind of form. You know, again, I think it's the kind of question mark is, you know, although it's a very different story to Tomax, you know, is it a Daytona thing that just happened to suit him, suit the bike, suit, 
you know, his whole setup on that occasion? Yeah. Or has he found something during the week off that is going going to enable him to to carry that, you know, momentum forward? I just thought for him, you know, that the podium speech, it was his first ever 450, you know, podium overall. It was a, uh, you know, a really fitting result. He's, yep. you know, about to become a dad again. He's, he's, you know, he's just a cool guy. He's a good guy to speak to. And you can tell everybody's got a lot of time for him. So as much as anything in terms of, you know, AP, I think it was just so many people really, really happy for him. Yeah. No, it was, it was a sensational ride from the seven. Like he, he looked good. The heat race, he looked, he looked awesome. And then that main, like to, to, he got past Cooper at the start. And cleanly and went. Went. And, and then, you know, yeah, he gets past on the last lap and you, you listen to him. He was not bummed about that. He just, you know. Dude, he was trying so hard not to cry on the podium. Oh, it was it was emotional, man. Uh, I was kind of looking back as well because, you know, we've all seen what Webb does on the final lap. You know, this time it wasn't for the win, but it was for important points. It yeah, sort of narrowed him down from, very from four points to two points. Yeah. What I found was, you know, Cooper made up around three seconds, three and a half seconds on that final lap. So a little bit, I think he caught AP napping. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, Cooper Webb did what he does. And I think looking back at Roxon, if you look back through the results sheets, his uh, lap time, it was sort of a, a low 109. Hmm. That came right towards the the end of the race. It was around three to go. Yep. And as a rider, he's going to look at that. They all sort of scan these things. He's going to be, you know, obviously he was angry at the end of the main event, but yeah. When we look at it and say, can he bounce back? I think that lap time that he did, yeah. you know, which was probably when he sort of pulled Coop back in that bit towards the end, he's going to take a lot from that and, and take confidence. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention before we move on was on Tomac was I kind of had some doubts leading into this weekend was yep. we saw what he did outdoors last year. He wasn't the guy that we all remembered. You know, he, he, he's become a father, obviously, around the time of the, the Salt Lake rounds. And, yeah, we didn't really see him perform to the level we'd expect outdoors. So I kind of had some question marks about him in Daytona. So, yeah, he, he ended up getting his first win since Houston too, obviously, and yep. a huge result for him. But so many storylines. Oh, there was there's was heaps going on. Yeah, while we're on Tomac, this is my question I had before, and it's yeah, stay with the program, mate. Step. <laughs> this is live. <laughs> po- poking the be- poking the bear a little bit here, but oh, here uh, we go. He's gonna get a bite out of me. But oh, no, nah, not really. But <laughs> the the number four, the old number four of Ricky Carmichael has been designing the Daytona tracks because he's the most winningest Daytona rider. Now that it's Eli's time. eclipsed Steve, does that mean Eli now gets the chance to design the tracks moving forward? That's always been the thing. So what do you think about that, Nick? I like it. And like, as well, I actually really like this layout. Like, obviously there is some stuff that Ricky's done before that I've been, I've questioned a little bit and I was just like, mm, okay, that was a bit weird. I like this track, dude. I thought it was really, really cool. It had racing lines. It was fast. And that's, that's one thing Eli said is he goes, when we get into this fast stuff, He's I'm okay. Yeah. 
So I, I, I don't know. I like it. I'd like to see an Eli Tomac design track. Well, I imagine it would be very flat, very fast, <laughs> and minimal jumps. Uh, well, <laughs> well, he's the most most winningest Daytona rider now, so I think he earns it. And Ricky unfortunately loses it, but Ricky was pretty graceful in his, you know. See, in, see in the reason Ricky after. lost it is because Tomac had the last, latest win. Yeah, is that why? Yeah, he, yeah. Gets, he, yeah. he gets the points. Broken. He's the most recent one. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he was, you know, we haven't heard if if Eli's back for twenty two yet or not, or if a deal's officially been done. But from rumors on the street, it could have been done. So he he could potentially rattle off a couple more here and and eclipse him fully. So it'd be, it'd be interesting to see once he does retire if he then takes Ricky's job at designing the Daytona track. Another like I think a, a cool I'm going to go a cool storyline was it was the. I don't want to get this wrong. The 700th yep. Supercross race yesterday? Yep. That's cool, dude. That's a lot. That is a lot. It's a lot of races. Oh, and it's just like Eli, obviously, okay, he wins the 700th race. He wins the 50th year at Daytona. It's just like all these little milestones at Daytona comes. Eli just takes it and runs. Steps up. <laughs> Steps up. But uh, no. No, it's fitting as well that the that type of milestone has happened at such a iconic venue as well. And, yeah. And how good was it that the you probably probably already spoke about it earlier, but, you know, these, what, the two Orlandos, the Daytona, they were all meant to be mutters at the end of the yeah. day. And somehow we've avoided that. And Surely. You know, I think as fans, we're just getting, you know, super lucky to, to experience this type of season and, and avoid the mud. Surely we're going to get one at, at Atlanta. That's three outside. <laughs> Surely we're going to have one. <laughs> We've been very lucky. Yeah, and and that type of it, that type of event, that's what really can set the points apart. So yeah. it can go for you or against you. So yeah, seven hundredth race. It was a a huge one, and and yeah. Obviously, really, really good to watch. And I agree. I like that track design as well. Yeah, the over-under bridge, I think, helped uh, just give it a little bit more. That's the first year they've had the over-under in the Daytona layout. So well, that's that made the track, I think, a little bit better with the area and the size of area they work with. And there's only so much they can do in that area. That over-under opened up a little bit more and made it, I think, a better racetrack. Well, talking about the racetrack as well, Let's let's talk about the number twenty three, Chase Sexton. <laughs> I was getting. There. I was sitting there on the couch watching it, and I was just like, "I wonder if you could air it off the wall and jump into that single before the step on." And I think I was sitting with another one mate. And he's like, "Oh, Stu would do it." And then obviously I was just like, "Hang on, Sexton trains with Stu. Sure as anything, I don't know." Five minutes later. We hear about it. We hear he's knocked his tooth out. He's got a, a mouthful of stitches. And then, obviously, we saw the replay of it today. Dude, Sexton's a bad dude. <laughs> That's a big, big jump. What what kind of puzzles me about that? And, you know, I think it's obviously the first place I saw it was I just went on to Vital and saw someone must have been recording off of their phone. Yeah. But considering it's his first race back since, what, <laughs> H2 when he was leading, yeah. Um, and and that was during practice and qualifying that he did that. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder why he would do it. You know, it's such a, a stupid thing where, yeah, yeah, it's like, all right, well, you did it, you, you know, but did what your you know trainer or, or your coach would do. You lived up to the the hype. It's not going to be any I, quicker though. Like you're yeah, going to lose time. Yeah, I don't think it would be quicker. 
and it definitely wouldn't be you know consistently possible during the race conditions especially you know under the lights when the track starts getting more gnarly and yeah yeah just kind of a, a odd decision cool for the fans cool for social media but yeah. You know, type of thing. Yeah, I, I was just kind of puzzled by it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny. He's, is it Stewable? And then, yeah, Stu's prodigy just uh, decides that he's going to send it. He wanted his own wall story from Daytona, you know, <laughs> where Stu's jumped over walls before. He goes, well, I'm going off a wall into orbit. <laughs> into a rhythm. <laughs> and then I'll end it all midway through a rhythm lane and, and that'll be even better than Stu's. But, nah, I just couldn't believe it. Again, watching it back going, I wonder if someone jumps off this wall and then, yeah, same thing same story as Nick I was like hang on because we all miss like practice yeah. you know, don't watch that early on and you don't get to see that it's like this guy like it was it was probably as you said Alex pretty silly on his behalf coming back from injury and trying something like that but again it's been talked about plenty of people are covering this uh, this incident because again we've lost you and this is his uh, his prodigy and he's tried the same thing off a wall so it's I, I, I would love to know what the conversation was oh yeah if, just go send it dude if Stu was like like who decided like if Stu stand there going oh look just I reckon you can go from that wall into that rhythm lane and then Chase being like, yeah, sure, or the other way around and Stu's saying, oh, look, I'd probably do it. <laughs> I think that's probably closer to the second. <laughs> no, this is funny. I, I just couldn't not go. We couldn't go past the 450 class without talking well, about that. Well, I get back with the class and obviously there's two names here on the, on the finish list which I sort of surprised me a bit. The first would be the number 14 of Dylan Ferrandez finishing in 11th. I expected that track to suit Dylan, or Dylon, sorry, as everyone likes to say. I expected that track to suit Dylon a little bit more. Mm. I, I, I don't, I expected to see him, I'm going to say, a fifth or sixth, and then obviously another one being the, the number 25 of Marvin Muscan. We didn't really see much out of him all day, and then obviously he finished with a DNF, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I, it was a it was a tough track, and I think too, like as good as the track was, it's still not a great racing track. Like we didn't see hectic battles. It was kind of one line in some sections, so it was very, very start dependent, and that's what we seen out of the race. You know, there wasn't a heap of passes made. It was aesthetically a good looking track, but racing wise, like watching them go into that sand section corner and that inside, and the only other line is the outside. And that you just lost time going out there, but you don't want to follow because you're getting buried. You know, there's too many corners like that. And that sand was deep. It was deep. But that was, th- that's what I mean, though. It looked better as a track, but I think as a racing track, it didn't open itself to that. And that's where you see these things. And then I think there's a break or a, or a shifter issue for Marvin, like that just, I mean, shit like that happened, yeah. unfortunately. So um, rough weekend for those two guys. Yeah, and I think. With Ferrandis as well, he was pretty quick in qualifying, I think, you know, around second on combined times. And for him, something which I wouldn't expect, you know, being a rookie, but he's obviously, you know, very, very experienced and obviously got got a lot of championship sort of credentials, Mm. is it just hasn't been coming together for him during the main events or when it counts. You know, we there's been a lot of times where he's sort of around that midfield and, you know, I feel like he's... He's not meeting his potential. You know, I feel like he's he's better than those results. A lot of guys 
are, I think. Yeah. But at the same time, I think on any given weekend, we can still see Ferrandis kind of kind of get back up there and and potentially on the podium. I'm not really sure, but yeah, it's just the start is so important. And and I was reading the in terms of you know Marvel. I was reading the KTM reports, which come out pretty quickly, and yeah. he basically said he heard something in his engine, which you know caused him to pit. I think it was around kind of sixth or so at the time. So yeah. that was around lap 14. Yeah, pretty disappointing for him yeah. to to go out that way because by the time you're at that point in the race, you kind of you know put in a lot of effort to go home with uh yeah with nothing. With so it. yeah, tough tough break. Yeah, for a DNF. And I, I mean that thing with with Ferrandis, as you said, like I, I mean it starts. Ferrandis has I mean his 250 career. He had the best 250 bike there is in the class and struggled. He'd get that occasional start when he sort of needed it or it'd come off for him. But his starts were never that great. And now, you know, we're in a 450 class where it's very start dependent his good results have come off the back of good starts and his average results have come off average starts so you know it's it's one yep. of those things i think he needs to figure out them them starts and to make it better but um look i i <laughs> you, you just can't pick this class at the moment it's so deep and so heavy that you know, we cannot be surprised with any of these any of these results. But uh, a couple that I wanted to go through is obviously that Star Racing Yamaha team. They're taking over that 450 program. Man, they like besides Ferrandis, which that's still a good result for Ferrandis. But Mookie was on fire last night too for for him. Um, and and then obviously AP. Like we we rewind 12 months. And AP's having heaps of dramas with his bike. Barsh is having heaps of dramas with his bike. I think if we haven't already confirmed it, I think Star Yamaha have nailed the setup on this bike and are actually thinking outside the box to make this better. Yeah, I think they're, in terms of the three guys that they have, they're all obviously different riders. They're all, you know, 250 champions in the past. And, and they're all... The type of guys, you know, they'll be getting motivated by each other. That's the benefit of having three of them on the 450 where back in the past, you remember, you know, there was Reed and, and Webb at one point and, and they kind of had differing opinions, but it's kind of one guy says one thing, another says the other, yeah. where when you've got three, you know, on a night where one rider might be complaining, you know, oh, this, the bike doesn't feel good for me here in this section. Well, on the flip side of that, you've got, you know, another of the teammates, you know, up the front, whether it's in the qualifying, whether it's in the heat or the or the main event, and they've just been performing yeah. at different levels all the way through. And and right now with that, you know, I think it was was Mookie's third top five result of the year. He's fifth in points now, so yeah, that's a really really good result. And with I think AP now, he's seventh in points, so. Yeah. They're, they're only separated by nine points. So that's going to be something that's going to drive them forward. And also when you look at it just ahead of, you know, where Mookie is, is Barsha on the gas gas in fourth. So yeah. they would love nothing more as well, the Yamaha guys, to to see yeah. one of their guys get up and get ahead of Barsha who who obviously wanted to leave them for a different brand. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, okay, well, this brings me to this question as well. 
who can you see finishing this? Who can you see wrapping this up? Out of out of obviously, we think it's going to be either out of Ken or Ken or Cooper, and possibly Eli. Who who do you see from what we've seen now? Who do you see being the championship this year? Well, the momentum at this point is with Webb. We've seen what he did with the, the double wins in Orlando. We've seen what he what he delivered at Daytona when I didn't expect him to beat Roxon. Yeah, you know, I think the momentum's on his side. But I actually interviewed Dungey just earlier, you know, early last week, and one thing that he said is in his career. He doesn't really care about too much as long as he's the guy at the top of the point, then we all know what he achieved. So whether or not Kenny can take his Zen-like approach and, you know, Webb made a bit of fun of it is, you know, he's obviously focusing on himself, which clearly he actually mustn't be. Um, You know, I'm just kind of thinking at this point, you know, with these residencies, again, Arlington's going to tell so much of, if someone gets a good result at Arlington one and carries that momentum through, you know, that's going to be something to take into account as well, because we all saw what Kenny did in Indianapolis. But if I've got to choose one right now for me, it's got to be Webb. How about you guys? Yeah, I think I'm going to, I pick Webb from the start. Um, I'd love to see Eli get this done, but just from what we've seen and obviously we're halfway through now we've seen how much Cooper has taken out of this from from Ken and where I think we're starting to see a little a few little cracks in in Ken and his mental game I you just can't go past uh Cooper Webb Trent <laughs> well my guy is well out of the championship he was sitting in the commentary booth hey there. you want to talk you want to talk about my guy my guy's still finishing Daytona yeah look, yeah <laughs> I, I had I had AC9 winning this thing and that was a big big call early on in the year so I'm out of that so I can't say I picked yeah. Webb from the start but again I, I've said this before I said it earlier on here too is I, I mean if I'm going to Vegas and I'm going to put my mortgage on this thing I'm pretty arranged. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm definitely not. But I, w- I would put it on Webb. Like he, he knows how to get this done from this position. He has done before. I mean, there's so many factors pointing to this. I, man, I love to see Kenny win this. I think he's one guy that I think before he retires definitely deserves a Supergirls title. But if you're going down to the wire, we're now two points out, and you've got Cooper Webb is the dude you're battling for this championship. Sorry, but this guy knows how to get it done in this sort of circumstance and just will do anything to make this happen. So I, I gotta go with I gotta go with Cooper as well, which is yeah, I mean there's no differing of opinions here, but again, it, it it's just leaning too far this way and, and as I said to you, Nick, the only way we can put Eli Tomac back in this conversation is if he wins these at least two of these next three Arlingtons. Uh, uh, just as long as long as I see him on the podium, I'm still got faith. Yeah, well, he's got to be up there. He can't. He cannot be. A, he can't get a fifth or a sixth. He can't I just want to know how he can get a start at Daytona. <laughs> what? Okay, Eli. If, if I'm Monster Energy Kawasaki, I'm going in there. I go, Eli. Eli, tell us everything you did from from when you got up. When from when you got up Saturday morning, you you do that next week. You do that. <laughs> did us, you get on the bike from the left hand or the right side? <laughs> give us give us Mars uh, breakdown. Uh, yeah, give us something. The thing with Tomac as well is he's had his, you know, the opener 
finishing 13th. And then he obviously had those issues as well, you know, at Indy 3 yeah. uh, towards the end of the race. But Roxham, when you look at him, he hasn't really had a down weekend yet. No. Uh, Webb, we saw he was ninth at the opener. So there's still quite a while to go. You know, we're only just past halfway now. So yeah, a couple of things to keep in mind is these residencies, we're going sort of into unknown territories. When you look at it, we got half the season to go and only three different venues. That's going to be, you know, super That's interesting to watch. Yeah. Like that. yeah. And and the other thing is for me, not only the momentum with Webb is is obviously super important, but Roxon being off of the podium two rounds in a row. Yeah. That's you know, and both were, were fourth place results. So not not a disaster by any means, but yeah, you know, I think the momentum, anything can happen, and and your guy AC Trent, he mm. could once he comes back and and a bit of pressure's off if his if his health is better, he could sort of you know get up there, same as Sexton, same as you know Osborne once he's back, and yeah, you know, there's so many things that can play out because chances are if Roxham wins next time out we're all going to shift again and be like, oh, yeah, no, we knew Kenny was yeah. He's good. He's good. So that's how quick the storyline shifts. What about my guy, Alex? What about the number 17 of Joey Savacci? Is, is he going to come out and shock? <laughs> is he going to come out and shock the world? Or <laughs> Give me something. Well, give me some faith. <laughs> well, he, uh, when when you look at Joey, when you kind of look at that mid, mid sort of stretch, I think it was between what, you know, the Indianapolis rounds and then, you know, into Orlando when he got that sort of string of top 10 results that yeah, I don't know if we can expect much more from him no. at this point in his career. I know he's, again, he's another guy that's more capable, but he's had some decent results. I'm not really sure where it's going to head from here. And as uh, uh, The way I see it is as long as he finishes this season, he gets through motocross, he doesn't get injured and uses this season as we now as a building and obviously hopefully stays with the Rocky Mountain KDM team for next year. I think it'll be better. Yeah, it's it's and that's the thing with so many of these guys is sometimes it does just take time. They need to get that experience. We've seen with Malcolm as well. Yeah. You know, last year just finishing the races, getting the experience and and we're gonna we're gonna kinda witness that with Ferrandis as well, is he's going into uncharted territories, uh, you know, and same with Sexton where by the time we get to the end of this 450 season, it's you know it's it's a big year when you consider the supercrosses they're putting in, but at the same time there's been less kind of you know training in between, especially during these you know residencies. So yeah, this Florida swing that's been really interesting. It's been obviously the comfort zone for a lot of those top guys, but you know now we're about to see things mix up again, and yeah, it's. It's fascinating for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, Alex, well, Wayne, we've appreciated you coming on here, giving us some time. Maybe when you're uh, up up in southeast Queensland uh, one day, we can probably get you in studio and, and do it live. It's a bit more, a bit more fun live. But, uh, man, we appreciate you giving us the time and your insight into it. And, uh, man, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, no worries at all. Uh, yeah, have a good time, guys. All right, we'll talk to you soon, eh? Thank you. Thanks, awesome. mate. Thanks, Bye. Alex. Cheers. 
Alex Gobert Motor Online. Ooh, wee. He's got a lot of insight, and that's what you know. And again, we're it's funny. Everyone will be like, "Why are we getting another media outlet on here?" It's what we want. We're all part of the same thing. We're all here to grow the sport and talk about this, the sport as a as a collective, and uh, we have no issue with any of that. And he's a he's a guy that knows a lot about the sport. As you said, he's been doing it since two thousand and nine. So he's not just new at this. He's he's been around. He knows it. And again, any any sort of guidance we can get. Um, it'd be be much appreciated Nick man we are running well behind time now with that sort of thing I know you don't want to do it but we can make this really quick before we go I got nothing sh- you got nothing alright well let me let's use this I want to play the segment because we do appreciate our sponsors at Backyard Design so let's do Backyard Front Yard segment Whoa, hey. this is the Backyard Design Front Yard Backyard segment Use code MOTOLIMITED at checkout to save 15% off your graphics kit. All right, front yard, backyard segment, Nick. Making this quick. You've got nothing. I've got a couple things. My backyard is I've established. Arctic, front yard, Ollie Stone, moving on. Okay, good. There's you. <laughs> There's your front yard. You're in. Uh, I backyard my backyard is i established this last week is i'm gonna have to ban my mother from watching the show because she rang me to give me a few stern words about a how quickly we got home i.e speeding we didn't speed and b did i drink drive which i did not (laughs) so she was she was into me about things and i'm like hey 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 you need to stop watching the show, i.e. reading into things. I drunk drove. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick was the DD of that night. I was the designated I drunk had, driver. I, <laughs> I had a sore throat and I was trying to mend it with alcohol. So, yeah, she's 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 now officially banned. Uh, but Well, the good news is we still have Darren. Yeah, he's so yeah, and I I I know guys. We will get to these comments afterwards. We're running so behind, so we're trying to go up. But um, the the weekly Darren Mayer Ferrandis style change comment <laughs> is there. If everyone is stressing, it is still there. Nothing's changed. No, nothing's changed at all. So uh, we yeah, we got to that uh, front yard, Nick. Front yard is Ollie Stone. Front yard is Ollie Stone for you. Front yard for us next week. We're going to put this on here because we're getting to our Sean Brennan <laughs> interview and then we'll wrap in the show. But we want to get this in. Hashtag. Hashtag was nation. <laughs> was nation is back in studio next week and we have a very, 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 more varies than you can put on this special segment towards the end of the show coming up. Nick, this has been your little baby. I'll let you announce what's going on. So... What we're going to do is obviously, for those that don't know, the voiceover chick, the also, the, sorry, sorry, the hot voiceover <laughs> chick, also the chef, um, the the person that sends you all the all the parcels that we send out, all the, the the sponsor stuff we send out, comes from the hot hot voiceover chick, which is actually the better half of Mr. May here, very better. So next Much. week on next week's show, we're going to get Trent, we're going to get Jessica, the hot voiceover chick. Yeah. Hashtag. Oz Nation will be in here and he will have his better half, also known as Christina. Much better as much, well. Much, much, much better. If there's if there's ever basement, it's Was and it's, I. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. are basement. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. We will we will have them in and we're gonna play a little bit of a game. Yes. To see which couple knows each other better. Mm. Now these aren't gonna be generic questions that it's like, oh, what's your favorite colour? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna dive deep. 
We're going to get a bit under G-rated. We're going to go, this will be fun. It's going to be and fun. E- either what's going to happen is there will be a strong relationship afterwards. <laughs> or we may actually see an, a divorce live on the air. <laughs> Multiple. <laughs> Multiple divor- divorces live on the air. And this could be the last show. So, so Plenty coming. So as a front yard, we have Wars Nation coming on. And, and we might throw this out here as well, because if we put it out live and put it on a podcast, we might put the pressure on him. But we're trying to get our... US correspondent who is a big advocate for the home life thing dark side Mr. Jamie Goeda dark side I aka as everyone knows him our do, US correspondent to either be live which is a big thing for him because it's like 4 o'clock in the morning for him or to send through the questions and be a part of the segment because he does a perfect partner thing with some of the, the professional the, writers the better half and yeah. Yeah, perfect partners yeah. so, so it'll be cool it's going to be cool so we got that that's the front yard coming up so next week Was Nation is back we also have the new segment Nick we didn't have time today have you named this because I'm throwing you right on the spot here because I asked you to get this named and ready to go and I've talked to a couple of people and they're stoked that this is going to become a regular segment on the show it is. I don't want to say the name until I say it to you. So we will say it tonight, but we will say it after well, we, the Sean Brennan interview. We are going to officially name it in this ad break or in this in this uh, interview, but the hot take segment is coming back. It's going to be officially named and have a sponsor behind it, but it's going to be a regular segment, Nick, for the coming shows. So... We are going to have that coming in because that seems to be the funniest part of the show and we want to make it a, a, an integral part of what we do here. But uh, that's my front yard. we like to thank the guys at Backyard Design. Get yourself a set of graphics. 15% off. Use the code Moto Limited and uh, you will not be disappointed with that at all. Uh, a couple of sponsor reasons before we move to this, Nick. Uh, <laughs> Roo Systems, what can we say about those guys besides the best tunes in the business? Uh, National Lunar Fridges. The Rolls Royce, the Rolls Royce of, of fridges. fridges. If you need a fridge, get in contact with us. We can get you in touch with the guys there, and they can try and sort you out with a deal on a uh, National Lunar Fridge. KTR Apparel, get yourself shout out to to um oh Bailey <laughs> Bailey. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I'm sure th- I'm thinking Braden. I'm like, I actually here's another one. Friend of the show, Braden Nurbacker. We discovered last week that his grammar and the way he talks is a little bit different. Like, come Bunnings, got to do grassing, got to put earth there. Yeah. I got another one. I get this message, hey, come dinner. <laughs> and I was just like, this is, this, is, this is another ripper. He's like, hey, I'm just getting straight to the point. Yeah, you're not messing around with that. You're not messing words. around. So, did have a great dinner with Brad Nurbecker and Jai Walker. So, that was a big share. That's another front yard. It was front a good yard. Saturday night. You, you got lots of front yards going on. I had a box party. So, hence, well, I'm a little tired today as well. You're uh, just full of excuses. You just are. flat bickies at the moment uh, with lots going on. Uh, so, yeah, Rolls Royces of Fridges, National Lunar, KDR Apparel. Get yourself some KTR uh, Apparel t shirts. Our. Uh, people that have won prizes have been stoked with the quality of the stuff that they've won so if you don't win anything go and buy it because it is good top quality stuff the drink bottle here in front of me a couple of different bits and pieces hydration packs everything they've got so much stuff I didn't even know they had until we just keep researching stuff Um, TCX boots set of boots on the desk here get yourself a set of TCX boots these things are top quality boot for an affordable price and uh, incredible used by myself Nicholas Still is also a big ambassador. 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 Uh, Queensland Bike and Four Wheel Drive. The logo's on the screen behind me right now, which is 
excellent timing. If you want yourself a Kawasaki KDM, a Gas Gas, or a Polaris, go and see the guys at Queensland Bike and Four Drive. We've sent a couple of people up there now already to get themselves a deal. They've been so pumped on the service and the quality of service they get up They're there. They're just walking Gas Gases out the door. And they can't keep them in stock. So if you want to get yourself one of those bikes, go and call the team up there. Carrot, one of our one of our longtime friends, Nick, and uh, you know, head salesman up there. We want to say that in front of Jeffrey Still, but uh, the man. The man, Jeffrey Steele. If you want a real a real conversation, go and see Jeffrey Steele at QB4. But Ooh-wee. any of the Morrisseys, any of them, it's just you could you could nearly stay there for five hours. And you can. These guys. I, I've, I actually have to avoid going there now or if I go there, Get what stuck. I do is I ring dad. I'm like, hey, I'm out in the car. Can you drop it out to me? Uh, what for? Oh, I'm actually busy today and I want to get home before five because yeah. I get in there and Kara will look at me. He'll make eye contact with me. He's like, it's all over. What are you doing? Um, just by the may way, as well take my shoes off and get comfortable. By the way, and I was going to ring him today and ask why he was awfully quiet with the twenty-five DNFing on the weekend. Who can? Muskin can't. He can't. So I'm, I'm, I was going to call. I'm going to blow you out in the air there. No, 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 no. We just, we just, we stay quiet. We're classy. We're classy. Keep it classy. We're yeah. nice guys. We don't do that. But uh, And pro powder powder coating, get around yourself some powder coating needs. All right, let's get the Sean Brennan interview, guys. This one is an awesome interview. If you are still watching, we appreciate it. We know these shows are getting long, but we are starting to get a roll on and actually people wanting to be on our show, Nick, which is I um, mind-blowing Dude, I us. cannot keep up with with the social media during the week. Obviously, I, I run my own business as well. I work for somebody else. We're doing Sunny State stuff as well. Mm. Dude, I, uh, I come close to throwing my phone a few times this week. I know, it's and it's been pretty cool. And like people reaching out to us, I said, like for me, this whole show was just a, a passion project. It still is. But some of the people are actually wanting to come on and be a part of the show is just mind-blowing. And I'm still, uh, you know, Ollie Stone, the Sean Brennan interview, they are sensational. They've got a lot of great content on it. So Sean Brennan is the public relations manager for motorsport. He puts all these press conferences and stuff together. He Gives us the keys, basically. But he talks to all the riders. He sets up interviews. He does a lot for Fell to make the sport what it is. What you guys see has Sean's touch on it. Yeah. So this is the guy, and he gives us a lot of insight of what goes on behind the scenes and what has been happening to get this underway and things for the future. So we appreciate his time. Hang around for this. We'll be back after this chat to wrap up the show. This has been show 32 of the Moto Limited Show presented by... Backyard Design, Street Race Solutions, and Roo Systems. Set it backwards just for something different. Uh, but we're going to be back after this. Let's do it. And joining us, as promised, uh, he is the Public Relations Manager for Motorsports at Feld Entertainment. It's Mr. Sean Brennan. Sean, how are you? Fantastic. Great to be here with you guys, man. Uh, I know there's a lot of time in between uh, us right now, right? Several time zones, but yeah. uh, pre- appreciate you guys having me on, man. No, we appreciate you having you uh, having you on our show. We, uh, you know, we've been chatting to you uh, in the background here about getting you on the show, but also your involvement with what you do with the Zoom, getting us involved with that. Man, we yep. we are so excited to be a part of that. That's been a a lifelong dream of Nick and and myself to be on that, and for you to make that happen, we can't appreciate that enough. Man, you're welcome. It's been, you know, great to have you guys join that. And I think that, you know, as we look back, and I I love saying looking back, because I think with the pandemic, we're all starting to really look forward. And I think that 
you know, we're getting to a, a brighter spot, you know, with all of this. But I think one of the things that we will take into the future is these Zoom and virtual press conferences. And I think that that has proven to be a fantastic tool and really bring our world smaller, right? Um, previously, you guys would have had to have been at a race to actually join the physical press conference, which I think we'll all welcome back with open arms for sure when we get there. But I think if you're not at a race and you're in Australia and you are covering our sport, that even in the future, there will be a place that from a Zoom perspective and a virtual perspective, you can still be part of the conversation, which I think is going to be amazing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even just this, like there's no way, uh, you know, 12 months ago, this conversation could happen between yourself and us, you know, it'd be trying to link up phone calls and trying to make that work where now it's jump on zoom, have a, have a meeting. People can see everyone that's involved with the conversation. Like as bad as the pandemic has been, there's a lot of positives that come out of it for sure. Yeah, we continue, we continue to innovate, you know, and you have to. I mean, you know, us as a species, you know, we continue to evolve, you know, and I think that that's the most exciting thing about where we're at right now is that, you know, the doers are figuring out ways to do, right, yeah. and not waiting around for it to, you know, to all be 100 percent, you know, safe. Uh, There's always going to be risk in no matter what. Uh, But no, I think you're absolutely right. You know, we even 12 months ago, we probably would have done this via a phone call. Right. And that's great. Phone calls are awesome. But, you know, to really be able to have an engaging conversation, being able to see one another is amazing. Yeah. It makes a big difference. And then even, you know, out early on, you know, we've had Daniel Blair on the show and, and dark side who obviously helped us get in contact yep. with yourself. You know, we did a phone call and the delay was you know pretty heavy and, and it's hard to have a conversation when you got like a five yes. to 10 second delay going on where this is instantaneous. It does feel like a conversation. Right. It is actually right. feel, feel like you get somewhere for sure. With that delay, it's kind of like, you, you there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was exactly what it was like. And then you start talking over each other. And it's like that awkward conversation. But we, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely, definitely pumped that this is a part of it. And again, those press conferences, you know, for us, uh, it seems so so weird that we're a part of that now but we're starting to feel more comfortable in it and definitely the goal for us is to be in the stadium when the press conferences go back to to somewhat what they were and actually be able to be a part of that that's a that's a big goal for us to get back over there and and actually sit in one I think Dark well, blew us out with uh, <laughs> with you of how we originally felt like when we first got in the first press conference so that was uh, pretty funny <laughs> well, I look forward to that day uh, as well. But, you know, I think that it's so important for our athletes to hear from you, right? We all know that this is a global sport. We all know that it is 
you know, the the highest form uh, of off-road motorcycle racing in the world. This year, we have athletes from 14 different countries. Um, and I think that that's extremely important to keep talking about that, right? And I think that athletes that come over here, you know, I mean, Ken Roxon, you know, has been over here for a long time. Marvin has been over here for a long time. Uh, you've got a few young riders this year, Nick Thury over from Germany. Um, and being able to close that gap, you know, where German outlets can now, you know, really follow the series. You know, we have British outlets that are following Max Anstey, um, you know, and I think that, you know, with you guys, with the Lawrence brothers and, you know, um, boy, who am I forgetting? Who else? It was Chad, but Chad's. <laughs> it was Chad. Wait, but there, man, isn't there somebody else? Uh, but, you uh, know. The- Jerron Stapleton's been, he hurt himself at round yeah. one. Yeah. So he's yeah. another one. But there's, I think there is a few floating around here and there as well coming in and out. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, obviously, you know, with Chad the last number of years. But I always think that it is so great for them to hear directly from you. Hey, Nick. Trent from Australia. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about this. You know, I mean that it, it really does something from a recognition standpoint, I think with, you know, with the athletes like, like, wow, they are from my home country. Yeah. Know? Yeah. They're following me and they are either, they either stayed up late or they got up really early <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny we we obviously with the, our connection to dark side you're on his show and you're talking about that like what time for us we love the press conferences because it's sunday afternoon around three o'clock in the other so we don't have to get up early stay up late nothing like it's perfect timing for you guys it's midnight next day we it's midnight right yeah. right yeah. we even had to change that for a while because Oh, as you guys know, it's like, man, it's midnight. It's yeah. a long day. We've all, it's been, and I get it. You know, that yeah. it's a lot on the athletes. Um, you know, and it would be one thing if you were just asking one or two athletes for five minutes of their time. You know, like the NFL, you know, those games do go late, but you're not asking everybody for 45 minutes, Right. It's a couple, you know, two guys, the quarterback and the star receiver, you know, and you get literally four minutes and they don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They're off to the showers, you know. So I think that, you know, what we're doing is consistent and in some cases even better than than other sports uh, for sure. But at the same time, I don't ever want to put the athletes – you know, in a position where they're not wanting to do media, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wanting to be open and it's really becoming a burden. Uh, that's the last thing that we want to do is for any of this to feel like a burden, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And again, for us, it's you know trying to get the connectivity to the writers and be able to ask those questions to to help our storylines and things like that. And again, we sit in the press conferences and we're like, we want to ask certain questions, but when time starts running out, it's like, you know, we we feel like it's a privilege for us to be sitting in there to ask the questions to the athletes, um, and we don't want to be 
taking up their time and wasting their time by asking something that's like already been asked or something like that. Yeah. Like we want to make sure that it's constructive and it's going to help. I mean, not only us, but all the other media in the, in the call yeah. get something yeah. out of that question rather than just asking the same question and it being, you know, answered already, but just asking a bit differently. We, yeah, right. we've, we've been really trying hard for that for sure. But I mean, that's going to come with, with it. And there's a lot of media in those calls, which is awesome. You know, as you said, there's a lot of different outlets in there from different countries, which makes it cool sitting in there. It's a, it's a very uh, international feel for sure. Yes. And, and, you know, I get nervous. I still get nervous. You know, it's like five minutes <laughs> go time. It's like, is anybody going to show up? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and everybody does. And I, I think that is a testament, certainly to what we're doing. Um, and for sure, I, I won't ever take that for granted. And I want to keep building that international presence for sure. So no, I'm glad that you guys are on. I think it's great. Um, but yeah, please be patient with us uh, as we, you know, try. I think last the last one after Orlando, we did two questions and then yeah. we had to go to one. Yeah. So still tweaking, you know, exactly where it needs to be. But I think, you know, as media and journalists, you know, we all have to be conscious of the, the conversation in the room. And if somebody has already answered that question, then, you know, come up with something unique uh, that will drive the conversation in another you know, direction. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, as I said, that's something that we, we we text each other constantly through it, just like, what about this? What about that? What do you think of this? Trying to get, again, that little different <laughs> angle. And then we have Dark Side on the other end who's sending us stuff too, going, hey, what about this? And, and trying to stir it and trying to stir us up. Yeah, he, 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 he tries to make us feel feel like nervous during the conversation. He's like, don't, don't stuff it up. So it's Does he really? Yeah, he, he's in us all the time. He, he loves it. He loves it for sure. Sure. Um, sure. Oh, Just uh, shifting gears a little. So as we introduce you, public relations manager for motorsport, just give the people like our listeners a little insight as to what your day-to-day operations are and what you do day-to-day for Feld. So every day is different, you know, and I think that's why I love it so much. Uh, you know, media has certainly changed this year. Uh, so that answer, you know, is a little bit different, you know, today than it was, you know, 12 months ago or even 24. Uh, but, you know, I act as the primary conduit, uh, not only with Feld, um, but really all of the teams, all of the athletes, the entire series. Um, you know, there's different types of media Um, There is local media that we use for every race and every market that is really about building awareness of the sport, uh, but also filling every seat, you know, in the stands. So every type of media and or PR, you know, there's a different audience and a different strategy behind each one. Um, You know, from an international standpoint, I am working with you guys as well as, you know, there's probably, I don't know, maybe 30 different outlets uh, across several different countries that, you know, that routinely follow the sport, are invested in the sport, uh, promote our Supercross video pass, you know, and things like that. So there's an international component to my job. There is 
a national endemic uh, component to my job with the Racer X's and the Swap Moto Lives and the Cycle News and all of that. Uh, but then there's mainstream and national press, you know, the ESPNs of the world, um, you know, Yahoo Sports, NBC, all of that. And I have my hand in every part of those, all of those cookie jars. And some days it is very fun. Uh, some days it is very frustrating, right? Um, it is it is hard to continually, um, boy, what's the right word? You know, you can't keep everybody happy all the time, right? And I think that, you know, it's really easy to get into your silo. So you may be over here and thinking, you know, whatever, I just need this one interview and that's all I'm going for. But at the same time, I've got 30 different athletes that are asking or 30 different outlets asking for time from the same athlete. Yeah. Right? I mean, so Eli Tomac, you know, you've got to be, uh, well, Eli, Ken, Cooper, it doesn't matter. Uh, you have to be strategic and you have to prioritize things as well. As you guys know, these athletes, man, they have such a grind. Um, at the end of the day, they're trying to win a championship, right? Uh, I will say that our athletes today, um, I would say probably really understand media probably better, you know, now than they have in the past. Um, and I can't think of any you know, instance where they haven't been willing to do things, but yeah. I put a lot of effort into organizing and prioritizing their time to make sure that, you know, it is worth their while. So my role, it really is, it changes every day. Uh, but, you know, number one, you know, sitting in this chair, I am trying to grow the sport. Uh, we are all trying to grow the sport. Uh, everybody that works on Supercross from an internal standpoint, you know, we feel like and are, you know, stewards of the sport. Uh, that's how much we care about it. We all love Supercross. We love racing and we are never happy with where we're at. You know, no matter what it is, we're trying to improve upon it and make it better. So that really does take uh, you know, a lot of work, a lot of effort. Um, and, and again, back to sitting in this chair, there's never a dull moment. Uh, there is never, you know, even without, and I get that all the time, like last week, oh, you had the week off, you didn't have a race. No, the only thing that we didn't have was an actual race. Yeah. The doesn't stop the, you know, the thought process on what's happening next. Uh, you know, we're about to go into, you know, obviously Daytona this week, but then we have a, a triple header coming up in Arlington. So, you know, there's a lot of different story angles uh, that we can play up in Dallas. So it's a consistent, you know, looking at and trying to, you know, figure out different ways, uh, you know, to gain press and gain attention uh, in various, you know, different publications. But I will say with this pandemic, uh, you know, the job has changed quite a bit because media has changed. Yeah. You now have, you know, markets, big, big media markets that 
sports reporters are now doing general news, mm-hmm. right? In Indianapolis, you know, we had, you know, one of the main, main stations up there, um, they have not even been in the studio in, in a year now. So we're talking yeah. about here right now where, we, you know, we're in Indianapolis. We came out of Daytona. We're in Indianapolis. The whole pandemic, we had to cancel the NCAA canceled their tournament. So that's we're right about on the year, you know, anniversary. Yeah. And in talking with their primary sports guy, he hasn't been in their studio in a year. The front of their studio, and I have been in there, I've been taking athletes into the, you know, their facility for years now. It is beautiful, big, beautiful lobby, all these TVs, you can watch everything that's happening on all of their different sets is now an equipment room. So that their roving reporters and mainly the guys that are in the satellite trucks can come in, upload, download, and if they need additional mics, they need additional you know equipment, they're just checking in and checking out, which used to be a beautiful lobby. Yeah. You know, the media landscape has just changed so much. Um, and that that has really you know, for, for people in my position, you, you have to continually navigate that, right? Yeah. Um, because there's less people doing less reporting now. And even though you had somebody that, you know, was that motorsports writer for the last 20 years in a certain market, um, they may not be there now, right? They may not be doing anything or they might be, you know, doing breaking news and not even able to cover your sport anymore. So I think that was a very long-winded <laughs> answer. Uh, but I work with all types of media. Yeah, well, we we appreciate that because it's it's us. It's fascinating what you do and and. I mean, yeah, you've got so many hands and so many cookie jars trying to trying to get everyone what they need. It, it'd be a tough job. Uh, Nick, you got a question? So, like you were just saying, it's obviously been 12 months since this has all kicked off. How much has your job actually changed in the last 12 months? Like, obviously, you've been a massive part of this change and how we've had to structure it. What are the key elements behind what actually had to change? Like, obviously, Salt Lake City last year was just something you guys were working out day by day. How did that go working from that event, putting this season together? You know, it's, I would say, learning to work with less right um you know unfortunately you know felt entertainment we had you know global tours all over the world you know so we were following coronavirus uh because we actually had tours in china that were first affected by all of this so disney on ice we had shows in china we had shows in japan uh, Marvel Universe Live uh, was in Europe. We had Jurassic World Live uh, that was touring as well. So, I mean, we had several tours that were on the road that you went from hundreds of people and, you know, a dozen tours out there uh, with units of 
you know, a hundred different traveling personnel to sold out stadiums, sold out arenas to zoot. There is no tickets being sold anywhere. Um, So we went through a very, very dark period, you know, a year ago and had to lay off. Well, one, we had to shut down all of those tours. We had to bring everyone back home. Uh, first and foremost, safely. Um, but then we went through an entire restructure, restructuring at Felt Entertainment, which was very, very hard uh, on all of us. Fortunately, you know, I, I was, you know, able to stay. Uh, so I was part of the internal team, you know, with Supercross, very fortunate for that. Um, you know, and we we all dug in really with the, you know, the mindset that we are going to rebuild this and we're going to rebuild this for all of our colleagues that aren't sitting here anymore. Uh, we're going to rebuild this bigger and better so we can bring everybody back. So the short answer is really adapting to an environment that, you know, there used to be people that did this yeah. They're not here anymore. So now, you know, and not that any of us, I mean, all of us are roll up your sleeves and get done. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be right. Yeah. But I would say that's the biggest thing is that we've really had to adapt to uh, doing a lot more with a lot less has probably been the biggest change. Uh, and then adapting to, you know, different things. I mean, going into Salt Lake City, my goodness, there are so many unknowns uh, with with everything at that point. Um, you know, we were consulting with with different leagues. You know, we were talking with the NFL. We were talking with Major League Soccer. We were talking with NASCAR. But we were the very first sport, you know, to have, you know, a full you know, bubble. NASCAR was out there like two weeks, you know, prior to us, I think with uh, with the Homestead race in Miami. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were really the first sport uh, to operate in a bubble. And it's funny now because that is like, you know, everybody knows what a bubble is. Yeah. <laughs> then when I was pitching, you know, Salt Lake City media that we're going to be operating, you know, in a bubble without fans, it's like, what's a bubble? Yeah. <laughs> Now it's, you know, we've seen it with with just about every sport and the ones that have done it, the NBA, WNBA, us, uh, NHL, um, you know, even Major League Baseball, um, it works, right? It works, which I think, you know, is the most exciting thing. But we were the very first sport to actually finish our interrupted season. Yeah. Uh, in a bubble, which is very, very exciting. Um, and I think, you know, pretty historic uh, for us. You know, I always like to say, you know, we're like, you know, like Major League Baseball and a lot of other sports, everything is stats driven, you know. And we'll, we'll be looking back at this, you know, 30 years from now or 50 years from now or, you know, maybe after all of us are long gone, <laughs> 2020. And, Man, that was the year that, my goodness, in Supercross, boy, they created that bubble thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and and, cha- and everything's changed. And, and again, as I said, Supercross was at the forefront of getting back to back to finishing their season. And, and yep. 
you know, everything like that. And it is, you know, even for us looking back, it feels like such a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago that, you know, like 12, 12 months is, has felt like a long time since this all happened. The scary thing is it's starting to feel normal. (laughs) That's what I find scary is everything that's happening, everything that's with the sport, this is sort of the new normal. And it's like, okay, this is what Supercross is now. But that brings me to another question is, for the remaining rounds that we have, the percentage of attendance, is that going to increase or is that something that's going to work state by state? How is that structured to get more fans back at the races? We hope so. That would be the short answer. Um, You know, I think that... You know, a lot of people don't uh, just because they don't know, but there's a lot of behind the scenes work that nobody ever sees. You know, when you sell tickets to a stadium, um, the back end in working with a ticket master and what you can sell and where those seats are and things like that, uh, typically... You know, it takes anywhere between 10 and 12 weeks to set that stuff up and be able to go on sale. Uh, We typically, pre-pandemic, you know, we would have 16 weeks to set up and start selling, you know, tickets. Um, Those sales cycles now are down to like six weeks. Yeah. On top of that, You are now taking a stadium and when we build our tracks, obviously we have all of what we call the safety holds uh, that are the first whatever, 20 rows, 25 rows uh, that are a barrier between the track and the fans to keep them safe have, you know, in case anything would fly up off the track. First and foremost, we want to keep, you know, not only our athletes safe, but obviously fans as well. So, when you talk about pod seating mm-hmm. and putting people in groups of two, four, six, eight, ten, yep. um, and you divide that up all over the stadium where you have different pod sizes in every price point, yeah. it gets layered and complicated very, very quick, right? Yeah. As well as your forecasting, you know. How many pairs do we think are going to come? How many fours do we think we're going to come? Um, You know, and you can't just, once you have the building scaled, then just unscale everything, right? So I say all of that because right now, obviously, the Texas governor lifted the, a lot of the COVID, I'm, I'm, report there's no COVID in Texas. I'm so glad because of that. Yeah. <laughs> but they've lifted the mask mandate. So obviously and Darkside was one of the very first to text me, yeah. hey, is this going to change for next week? And the short answer is no, just because we cannot move that quick. Yeah. Right. So, you know, as far as going from, you know, selling a 15% uh, restricted venue, all pod seating to even, you know, 20 or 25. Yeah, that's pretty easy. But then to just, you know, open that up to 75, 80 percent, there's a lot more work 
uh, that we could not do. We physically could not do that in a week's time. We just couldn't. Yeah. Um, so to your point, you know, not not a lot is going to change for next week in Texas. Um, and the way that you set up the question, yeah, Atlanta is certainly, you know, they haven't gone that full in like Texas has. Yeah. So we still have to abide by their, you know, regulations and restrictions. And then Salt Lake City is in a whole nother, yeah. you know, part of the world. Uh, that's not fully open either. So, yeah, we still have several different states that we have to navigate through. Uh, but we would be super, super happy if we got to either Atlanta or Salt Lake City and we were back to 100 percent capacity and whatever that looked like. Um, that was one of the goals going into you know, the season. And one of the reasons why we delayed the you know second half or the after Easter states, we delayed that at the beginning of the year because we were hoping way back then that we would have better news on one where we could go, but hopefully it would be um, you know less restricted. So yeah, for right now, uh, not a lot is going to change uh, for us. We may be able to increase you know slightly maybe five or 10% uh, to sell more tickets, which would be great, absolutely great. Uh, And we would certainly take that, that would certainly be welcomed. Um, But, you know, we have a little bit more time, obviously with the Atlanta rounds and with the Salt Lake City rounds, but it really depends on still what is going to happen, not only on a federal national level, uh, but then state and then even local uh, guidelines will, you know, dictate what we're able to do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. All right, Sean, we got. I got one more question for you before we let you go. We've taken up a heap of your time, and again, you're you're on your little break here. And I mean, I hopped on uh, Instagram this morning and seen that there's practice already happening at Daytona, which is uh, or they look like riding around the track there, looking at it. So I'm pretty excited to get yeah. back. May sound like a silly question, but I mean, it's something I've always wanted to ask. Is with Feld owning the rights of Supercross and it being a FIM World Championship, what is the possibility? I know right now it's never going to happen, but when things start going back to somewhat normal, what's the possibility of Supercross actually venturing into other countries and things like that? What is there something that's been talked about before? Or Oh, absolutely. Uh, it has been talked about quite a bit. Yep. Uh, Dave Prater, who is our senior director of two-wheel operations, you know, really is working with the Felds as well as all of the, you know, OEMs on really a 10-year plan. So, you know, it's funny. uh, I remember, you know, talking to a few outlets probably four years ago and saying, yeah, you know, we're probably two years in on, you know, a 10-year plan. Uh, Now we're about, you know, five years or six years in on a 10-year plan, but now that 10-year plan has been, you know, pushed back even further. No, it is a global championship. It is, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the FIM World Championship. Um, So it is absolutely our goal to go outside of the boundaries of North America, right? Um, But that poses a lot of challenges. 
you know, as you guys follow it over here quite extensively. So, you know, how jam packed, you know, it is right now, yeah. uh, just with the supercross series and then the pro motocross series. Um, and then you try to get a motocross of nations in there. Um, it's very, very challenging. So, you know, we have relationships all over the world with, you know, stadiums and arenas. And, you know, there are so many different countries that would welcome Supercross and the level, the elite level of athletes that we bring with that, right? Uh, mostly everything outside uh, of here, there are some smaller series, uh, but there's a lot of, as you guys know, more exhibition, you know, yeah. type supercross one-off events right uh but for it to really count and be a points paying part of the championship man there's a lot of challenges there that in the short term you know again we're not going to make and i and i think you know going back to stewards of the sport we don't make any decisions in a vacuum we're in constant communication with the teams the athletes you know, the OEMs, the presidents of all of these large companies, um, from their standpoint, you know, don't you think KTM would lo love to see a hometown race in, yeah. in Austria uh, or Japan, you know, seeing a hometown race in, you know, over there? I mean, my goodness, we do a Monster Jam tour, Australian tour every fall, and we hit every major city. It's in cool. Yeah. Every one of those stadiums would absolutely, with open arms, come on, Supercross, bring it. You know? Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of challenges. You even have, you know, even in different times of the year, uh, you know, we're compete not competing against, but it would be very easy if Honda was able to just fly their athletes over and rely on their MXGP setup yeah. with their semi and all of that stuff, you know, just re, you know, uh, retool it with parts and things like that. Get the bikes over there, fly their athletes, but then use, you know, one of their other counterparts, uh, rigs and stuff, right? Rather than having to fly and, you know, bring over trailers and semis and all of that. But, a lot of the time frame that would be open, the MXGP is running. So yeah. you have that available, right? Yeah. So yes is the simple answer to your question. Uh, but we realize that there are a lot of partners that are involved in making that decision. And yeah. I, I think everybody wants to see that. It's just a matter of when and where and how do we make it, you know, makes sense for everybody involved yeah. right yeah i think is the biggest thing but no absolutely is 100 percent uh i would say pre-pandemic we we're probably closer to making that happen yeah uh, now my goodness the world is in you know such a different place um you know the clock will start back up <laughs> but I think that, uh, uh, yeah, there's no time frame as to when. Nah, no, nah, and I mean, uh, the reason, the reason for asking that is obviously you get, you get people, especially down here, like, oh, Monster Jam comes and obviously Feld yep. owned the Monster Jam, and it's like, yeah, but that's, you know, for us, how deep we are, and talking to people like yourself, we know all this, but 
everyone's like, oh, well, it's yep. just the same thing. I was like, yeah, but there's a lot more moving parts. You know, it's not yes. 10 trucks. It's, you know, yes. 70 riders, your privateers, how are they meant to get? Like there's so many factors to it, but yes. trust us, we'd love to see a Supercross <laughs> down here for sure. Like it it would uh, it'd be so cool. But, uh, I mean, it, for us, it's like wanting to, to see it face to face and hopefully once yep. the world opens back up again a little bit more you know we're definitely heading over to 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 be at a supercross to to experience it and awesome and hopefully by that stage is somewhat back to to normality whatever that looks and feels like now for sure yes yes no and i man i look forward to the day to seeing you guys at a race in your home country i mean yeah. goodness that would be I think amazing for for all of us, right? But I think even the athletes welcome welcome that. You know, you hear, you know, they go overseas and they, you know, are able to explore a little bit and go to these different countries. I mean, they love it. They absolutely love it. But there is a lot different, you know, it's a lot different between a one-off exhibition race and then this is, you know, part of you know, a 17 round or 18 or 20, whatever that may be championship. But I think for the most part, you know, there will be a way that we'll make it, you know, make it work. But boy, Look forward to that day to coming to your home turf. <laughs> no, we, we, wow. we, yeah. Look at where we're at. This is fantastic. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. All right, Sean, we're going to wrap this one up. We appreciate you for your time. As I said, it's it's been a, a goal of ours to have you here on our show, and we appreciate the time that you've given us and, again, the opportunity that you've given us also to be a part of the Supercross media. It's, um, you know, for us, we're – we're on the other side of the world and it's, it's actually connecting us to, uh, to the sport and being able to talk to the athletes, uh, the other media outlets yeah. and, and get a little bit more insight into the sport. Uh, and as you said, make the world a little bit smaller of a, pl- a place. So we appreciate yeah. your time for sure. You are welcome guys. Always appreciate you being part of everything and, uh, appreciate your coverage, man. Thank you guys. No worries. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Sean. Sounds good, man. Bye-bye. Nick, we are back. Show 32, the Moto Limited Show presented by Street Race Solutions. Rue Systems Backyard Design mixed up again one more time. Man, what a cool <laughs> what a cool interview with uh, Sean Brennan, dude. It's like we could have had him for three hours. Oh, dude. Um, it was just cool to finally, like, obviously um, getting to, to know Sean. Everything was done over email. This whole thing setting up with us being able to be a part of the media for the for the season. It's all, all sort of just gone through email. And obviously yeah. he's seen us in the press conferences. We've seen him in there. and But we've just never really had a time to go one-on-one and have a bit of a talk with each other and understand how it is. And like before we even spoke to him, we've heard Sean talk about us on other shows. Yeah, which was cool. Which is sort of where the nickname come from. But Nick from Australia, Nick from Australia, is, that was that was pretty cool. But there is a sound drop in there. You'll, if everyone, whoever's watching, we appreciate you for hanging around this long. Uh, but if you're watching in there, you'll see him. He said Nick and Trent from Australia, and we both grinned a little bit. It's going to be a new sound drop, but uh, that's what we pay Nick about, Nick out about because he is the Nick from Australia. Uh, <laughs> but man, he was cool. We could have had him for such a long time. And again, like that face to face conversation, as you said, Nick, it was good for me because. I, you know, we, uh, you know, for me, I'm a, a guy I like to 
talk to people face to face and get to know people and that's how you make the connection and to finally do that I felt like we were accepted even though we've even we've done press conferences we've done everything I felt like after that we are accepted as part of the program there. And, and I, I felt a lot more as well with obviously Sunday afternoon being in the press conference. I felt like we held our ground a lot more than previous. Like obviously still everything we come up with on the fly. Yeah. This is what you see, guys, is not stuff that's written down. We, <laughs> we obviously have notes written down, but all we have to go from is obviously that race and what we see on TV, what we hear from the media. So everything comes from on the fly. Um, but I know it just felt like... We held our ground a lot more and we are somewhat starting. I'm starting to get the feeling that we're accepted yeah. for what we're trying to do. And at the end of the day, like there's this big, big, I don't know, vibe that media can't get along or there's so much anger between people. Like, dude, we just want to talk dirt bikes. We want to build yeah. the sport. And like, that's like coming on with Alex. Alex is built moto online is probably the the most reputable the largest media source for for, for dirt bikes in our country so yeah. having him on to talk about his story with us dude i love that that's so cool yeah and as, as i said we're it, it, it's funny like you, you see the big outlets in america they all get along they all help out each other's show but you know i don't know if it's our mentality here in australia or if it's just something that happens but everyone just you know as soon as you try and do something you know whatever you're against that person and yeah we are uh, you know alex and and i think reach out to us after a press conference from memory or we reached out to him or something like that and and just got the conversation started and said hey like if you're ever interested we'd love to have you on and you know he he took up the opportunity and as i said we're we're trying to we're trying to align ourselves with media and and the whole thing is building the sport. You know, we, yep. we're trying to do it at the sunny stage level. We'd love to we're, try and do yeah. an Australian We're, we're not trying to be out there and become a, a big nah. main. We, we, yeah, we're just we love two dudes who love talking about uh, bikes who want to build the sport. That's all it is. That's all it is. Well, look, it's been a massive show. We thank everyone as I rub my eyes here. Um, we thank everyone for hanging around, all the loyal viewers uh, to the live stream, everyone who listens to this in the archive. We really appreciate it. A lot of content tonight uh, in the little ad break there nick made a few decisions about the show yeah there's been a lot of decisions a lot <laughs> a of decisions a lot of decisions made so we tease it before the hot take segment is going to be part of the moto limited show moving forward nick's named it i left this one for nick what do you think do you like the name i like it i wrote it down and i've forgotten where i put that. you really liked it then i I did. I like it. So it is going to be now officially known as the Street Race Solutions Hot Engines Hot Take Ooh. segment. So if you if you're a Hot Take fan and get them in, as I said, we are adding that to the show as a regular part of the show. As I shuffle papers around here in the background, and you get your chance to win yourself some awesome, awesome merch. I know I've spoken to Stu, and Stu's trying to sort out some merch at the moment. So yep. as soon as that happens, we're going to get some stuff from him as well. Obviously, a lot of stuff from KDR, which we obviously get. The stuff from TCX. So wasn't hasn't been a giveaway this week. Hasn't been no. a giveaway last week. I think there was, no. but obviously next week back with Was Nation. Um, hot takes. We're gonna hot takes. We're gonna have a bit of a, a fun game, and then I think we can sort of break the show after that. Is gonna be the girls' show. Yep, yep. So we can we can break that news now. 
Yep, so show 34 that'll be. We're, we're a lot of shows in front uh, of ourselves here, but we, we did tease a girls show. Uh, Nick has been sending out messages in the background here. Have we got confirmation on both or are we still waiting on one? Um, we're still waiting on one, but I can't see it being an issue. Yeah, so we're going to have two fantastic lady riders and racers in studio joining us to talk about racing, to talk about the sport to talk about everything and again potentially try and take our jobs potentially we, we've spoken about that uh, so we've got a lot of things coming up a little bit more fun stuff some local stuff as well we know this was heavily sort of international based this weekend but uh, we did that and we've also talked about adding a potential another show to the stable here uh, to get this extra content that we've been very fortunate to get um, with uh, a second sort of after show we're calling it basically just because we luckily tonight obviously was tonight was the first person ollie come on live from america that's the first person we've actually been able to have live on the show as we're recording here in brisbane Mm. brisbane (laughs) um anyways but to do that from now on like we sort of like with Ollie, we could have spoken for another hour or two hours. So we can, we're trying to find another show where we can sort of dive a little bit deeper into this and get a bit more one on one. And that's pretty simple to do. And we can do it remotely. We don't have to be in studio to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. And then obviously we've got the KDR couch series, which we're going to, which will be back next week, obviously, I, I believe, or, or, a rebranding of the KDR Couch yeah, series. So, so we're thinking this second show will be a rebranding of the KTR Couch series just to... Presented by KTR, huh? But it will have KTR as the sponsor of the show. So keeping you, give you guys a little word up. You're probably going to see this come out in during this week uh, but we're going to it's going to be called the Moto Limited After Show so this will be like a Wednesday or a Thursday depending and it's going to be more for our pre-recorded interviews with the US because that one thing that we've kind of found with this is that uh, the live show putting a pre-recorded thing on there if you follow myself on uh, Instagram you would have seen us not doing too much in the background it takes away from that live feel that we've worked so hard to get and get all you um, loyal viewers involved with the show it takes that away so we, we want to put uh, another show that'll be a lot, little bit more pre-recorded stuff, a little bit deeper stuff, and things like that to make it uh, to make it, you know work a little bit better so we're uh, we're working on that as I said we we are learning this slowly Nick we yeah. are learning it slowly and we're figuring out what works and what doesn't but our next two shows are going to be super Crackers. super exciting we're going to have the hashtag was nation trending next week that is for sure everything we put up is going to have that on try and build a little bit of hype this week coming into it build a hype if you have a question that you would like Nick to put in the show for the perfect partners. I don't know what you're calling this yet. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll put a post up on social media this week about it. Um, probably, I think, probably message me directly, I believe. Yeah, send Try and through. message me directly with a question that you sort of want to know and we can uh, get that for sure and have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, so send them through. As I said, we love everyone being a part of the show. But we... It's been a super long one. Thank you for hanging around for show number 32. Again, thank you to our sponsors, Root Systems, Street Race Solutions, Backyard Designs, National Lunar, Fridges, KTR Apparel, TCX Boots, Queensland Bike and Four Wheel Drive and Pro Powder Powder Coating, without whom we cannot put this together. You loyal listeners and fans of the show, we appreciate you tremendously. Um, We appreciate 
everything that everyone comments through, sends through uh, Insta stories. We've got a couple of crackers from tonight, which is awesome. Keep them coming our way. Uh, everything like that. And, and talking about Instagram, we're going to try and like post a little bit more behind the scenes of what it actually takes. Like obviously we both can access it. So even when we're setting stuff up during the week, I think we should put up some Instagram stories of what actually goes to, to, to put this shit show together. And <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't sound like much, but it is uh, it's, a big goal. There's a lot going on. So I reckon it'd be cool for people to see that as well. Yeah, for sure. So and we appreciate that. I appreciate uh, the hot voiceover chick for <laughs> everything Weird. she does for me. Dinner was good, mate. She Yeah, she keeps this, she keeps this shit show on the road, which is i.e my life <laughs> she keeps that on the road uh and my kids for always being doing what they do uh but nick let's wrap this one this has been show 32 from nick and myself we'll see you guys next week cheers motor limited network we've been at film for the last two days i'm knackered trying to get home and we're running out of fuel and we're about 13 k's from home.